I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 25, another new episode of A Gay and His NB. We are so excited to be bringing it to you as we give you all of our thoughts on everything that we are watching on television. Thank you so much for listening, whether you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that may be. Uh, Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, We post plenty of clips and fun stuff over on there. Um, And yeah, tell a friend, leave a review, um, give give your thoughts on, on everything. Also, if you have any questions for us, be sure to submit them on any of our social medias or by email at agayandhismb at gmail.com, and we may actually answer them on a future episode of the podcast. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? We may get bored one day. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot in store on this week's episode of Agay and His MB, and we have a lot coming down the pike, too, as well. Yeah, we sure of, do. There's, I mean, we got finally got an OC trailer. Oh, my God. We got a Roni announcement, uh, announcement and, date. and date. That's exciting. But before we get to any of that stuff, we, we've got... Next on next week's episode, we'll have the premiere of Atlanta. So happy to be back in Atlanta. Love those girls. I well, hear it's a really juicy season. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it, and yeah, like it's 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 bound to be good. Um, and then the week after that, we've got uh, the debut of uh, Drag Race All Stars Eight. That's exciting. Um, with that new like twist that they're doing this season, which I don't. Still don't I, understand. Okay, so it's real simple. At is like, it real simple? It, it is. It, it really is. Instead of posting all their all the eliminated queens, instead of having to post their looks to Instagram and it not mean anything, they're going to still have them on the show. The looks are going to be visible on the show mm-hmm. at the end of the season. People vote for their favorite of the looks. Right. Uh, uh, And whoever wins that of the eliminated queens at the end of the season, whoever wins that. Becomes queen of the fame games. Yeah. Queen of the fame games and wins a a smaller cash prize. Remember, But it's so that the eliminated queens aren't gone after one episode and there's no point in posting their looks and they don't have any, they, they don't have any ability to show off the rest of those looks. They didn't waste that money. And that's great. Like and I'm and I'm for all for that. Remember, like years ago when Rue had that big inter- interview ran about like participation trophies and how she hates them, and it was very like. <laughs> well, it, it also seems <laughs> like she's it's just the, given up on that. It also seems like it's the return of the fan favorite, yeah. fan favorite. Yay! <laughs> we do love that, but no, we're going to be uh, talking about that in in a couple weeks, and we're very excited about. Yeah, that. Yeah, very excited about that. Um, in light of that, not next week, but the week after, we'll be returning to our two episode format. One episode released on Friday. That will be uh, featuring uh, Drag Race. And I believe at that point we'll still have Survivor. Yes, yes we will. Um, and then Everything Bravo will be on the second episode released on Saturday. Um, as we did before, next week will still be our one episode because we only got four things to review next week. So no reason to split. Um, but before we get to any of that, because we started talking about the future, like <laughs> everything down the line, everything we're not even to yet, Let's right? Let's get into the present. Let's get into the present. Well, the recent past. This <laughs> past week. <laughs> what did we have on TV and what are we talking about today? Uh, well, we're going to talk about this most recent episode of Survivor. We've got a lot of juicy things happening there. Um, swerves and like things I did not expect to be happening this week, and it did, and I'm... 
we have thoughts. <laughs> um, speaking of many, many, many opinions and thoughts, we have Vanderpump Rules coming up in the third segment of this episode. That's going to be our angry segment. Uh, that's good. As it usually is. <laughs> like, we usually have thoughts, feelings, um, not so much prayers, but maybe a left hook to certain cast members. Um, you know, we got that. But before we get to any of that, Let's talk about Jersey. Jersey for this week. Uh, this was a good episode, I think, overall. I think they're... Um, we'll get into the Teresa Melissa aspect of it. Do we have I, to? We do, because it's the central part of this show, uh. unfortunately. Um, yeah, we're both kind of over it, but we'll get to that. Um, we start the episode. Um, Danielle uh, has her mother uh, over to the house, um, and she's with her kids and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, Danielle basically, uh, is showing her that she got the uh, gift for Teresa's bridal shower. Cause that's the big thing that's going to lead up to the end of the episode is that Jennifer has organized this big bridal shower, surprise bridal shower for her. Um, I love Danielle basically telling her mom, like, you know, I wanted to get Teresa a cock ring originally. And Danielle's mom was just like, Danielle, watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> I think she was more concerned about this is on national fucking television lady. Sure. Like, <laughs> Can you please not? <laughs> well, and we find out a little bit more about like Danielle's relationship with her mom and that mm -hmm. she, it's kind of very much like a, a sister friendship sort of relationship that she said that she can basically talk about anything with her pretty openly. And, and I get that sense from her. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, she kind of also debriefs her mom and Nate about mm -hmm. Ireland and that she was... She, she says that she was basically hanging on a, by a thread on the plane back. And then she makes the, like, she's like, I was hanging on by a thread. And then makes the large metaphor of, like, you know when you're threading a needle and then there's, like, all the little phrase at the end? It's like, yes, we know the metaphor. <laughs> like, well, but, like, she's she's talking about, like, the threads that make up the thread. Yes. Like, I'm hanging on by that thread. <laughs> it's like. Like the little flyaways. I mean, I get a lot of people in Jersey aren't good with metaphors, as we've seen on this show. But It like, was a pretty apt metaphor. Yeah. I was fine with it it was clumsily explained but it was a good metaphor yeah and you know and then she also brings up you know what jennifer told her about margaret saying that melissa was kissing a guy essentially and i love her just in her confessional being like i feel like now with this information i'm kind of in an impossible situation knowing the rumor which i'm like okay but you were the one like not taking no for an answer from jennifer yeah like pushing to get the rumor yeah, I mean... Oh, if no, you, if it's not the consequences of my own actions. Yeah, like, you didn't want your hands double, um, covered in dirt. Why are you digging? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you keep digging? Stop. Uh, and Danielle's mom is basically, basically suggests that she should tell Melissa, which you were like, yeah, I mean, Yeah, duh. I agree. <laughs> but obviously, from what I understand, it's not going to go well. Um, we then go to Rachel and her husband, John, as they're going to uh, their, meet with their adoption attorney, Jeb, or Deb, excuse me, um, who uh, is going to help them sort of with the process of adopting Jaden. Um, they say they haven't told Jaden about this yet. They're basically not, you know, trying to see their options um, as well, of now. And she was talking about how pretty much when they got married, um, what was her son's name? Jaden. Jaden was under the impression that she had already adopt adopted him. Yeah. And I don't know if they've ever assuaged that notion. I gotta think so. Cause I mean, I'm, there's certain, you, you know, at but the also he's like 16. Yeah. Like he's old enough. To he's where old he's... enough to where he should be okay. Having that conversation. 
And honestly, I don't know why you're keeping it a secret from him yeah. at and this it, point. And it also, I mean, I think I it, could understand if he was a kid, but maybe he's not. not to dangle it. Yeah. Like I, I can understand like dangling it, or feel like getting so excited. And then if something falls through, as we're seeing, they, they kind of talk about like the difficulties of it. Like right. if it doesn't end up happening, then you know that. Could but be... I mean, if they have to fight his birth mom over it, yeah, so he's gonna find out. Yeah. So the attorney basically briefs them about like the, what the process is like, and that they basically, like in any case, it, like they would be under an obligation to serve Jaden's mother, and you know because it's not just about gaining his gaining parental rights; it's about terminating hers. Right. And that if. Her, his mother decides he she can contest it and then she would be appointed an attorney um and obviously like then rachel's like i just can't believe that you know when his mother hasn't been a parental figure in his life for pretty much his entire life like the idea that she would just be like no which yeah. yes yes and no i think there i mean i can understand the instinct right to be like no this is too much but i i mean obviously the i think the moral thing to do would be like right and from what the lawyer was saying um it basically is they are going to take 45 days to try to find her if they if hear they, nothing if they well if they find her and are able to serve her yeah. then she has 45 days to say no i want to contest this if she doesn't say anything after that or if they can't find her after 45 days from a last note address they're in the clear then they're in the clear to move forward and the judge can overturn her parental um rights yeah without her presence yeah it's just like they they don't go into it they also we talked about in the past they haven't gone into a lot of details to why the mother isn't in his life it seems to me like it's some like either drug or alcohol issue or some like it, where right. she can't you know responsibly be a parent so i i think it's obviously a very tricky situation but yeah here's hoping for the best um, we go to Jennifer's house and she's getting ready uh, for Teresa's surprise bridal shower, organizing everything. And she's doing a lot of Turkish like stuff with it. They're having dancers. They're doing henna, um, things like that. Um, and she's with Olivia talking about it. And she has the garters. And Olivia's like, what's a garter? And it's like, oh, it's essentially like lingerie. And then- Why didn't you just say it's a bracelet for your thigh? And it's kind <laughs> of like... Like, it's something that you wear with mommy and daddy time. Like, there she would we go. get that. Sure. Uh, and, but then, so this is, so then Jennifer is like, you know how you tell me to always wear lingerie with daddy? And so then this topic comes up again of, like, sort of what, how Olivia is taking, has been taking things in terms of the bill cheating stuff coming out. Um, and Jennifer is like, it's been a struggle. Like, we can be arguing over the most trivial thing. And Olivia will sit between us afterwards and basically be like, see, I got you guys to make up. And yes, that's like, like every time Jennifer talks about it, I'm like, yes, that is terrible. Like, but also she's inheriting, um, Jennifer's, uh, penchant for taking credit for things that she did not do. (laughs) See, I fixed it, bitch. You didn't do shit. Sit over there and drink your (laughs) Kool-Aid. Eat your gummy bears. And Jennifer in her confessional being like, thanks, Margaret. I'm so glad kids are resilient. Because <laughs> yeah. Mar- what Margaret said last season, which, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's got a point. Um, uh, Bill gets home, and uh, then her and Bill start talking outside, um, and they talk about, like, therapy and stuff like that. And she said that, uh, talked about how the therapist, because a lot of this is also about, like, dividing duties in the house 
and sort of the roles that they play and Bill wanting Jennifer to take on more of a sort of, I don't want to say aggressive, but more of a like stern parenting role mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, she talks about how the therapist basically brought up that the kids take authority more seriously from the father figure, which annoyed me. Here's my thing. Like, I think I, I'm all about energies. I, we don't have kids, obviously, so, but I'm all about energies in terms of parenting. I understand people have certain energies that can, can you know, can, like maybe a more loving energy or more like not disciplinary, but more like sort of like stricter energy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I, I, I don't like when it's attributed to simply male and female. Right. Like that, there are males that can have more motherly energies and there's females that can have more sort of the more Like my mom was definitely the person in charge. Right. Like she's the one that laid down the law, she's the one that doled out the punishments, like she was the one in charge. And that was largely due to like Bill, my dad was away. He was a truck driver when I was a kid, so he didn't want to come home after a week on the road yeah. and have to you know, catch up on what do I need to punish all the kids for when I get home? Yeah, exactly. And that'd be the whole thing that he's able to do while he's home. Like, that's not fair to him. And it honestly, for the most part, I don't think that it would be fair if that's all that Bill was expected to do. However, I think that he's reducing it to that. Right. And that's not at all what is happening because he's coming home every day. Yeah. Now, sure, he is working longer hours. He's working on the weekends like he was talking about. He's taking on extra hours trying to make sure that they are saving up money to pay for five kids to go through college, which, Jesus Christ, I cannot imagine. Um, But he's in plastic surgery, so it's pretty lucrative. Yeah. but yeah, I just and and Jennifer basically like it's like okay we we can acknowledge that we both have sort of struggles right now like I I actually think Jennifer was really good in this part in terms of like I acknowledge your like the things that you're like about oh, being in work all the time and then coming home right I'm also having similar issues in terms of being overwhelmed so we can acknowledge that we both have these struggles with raising the kids but it feels like you're blaming me. Right. For not doing a good enough job. And, um, you know, Jennifer then suggests, should we go see the therapist again? And previous episode, Bill had been open to it. And now Bill's like, I don't think we need it. Because it's you that has the problem. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Which is such a reductive idea of therapy. (laughs) Like, you know, you know. You, if you like, yes, Jennifer has the issues and the complaints. Nef- but the issues are with you, Bill. You're well, fucking up. <laughs> well, she says, like, my complaints are that you're complaining at me. So you also have complaints. Yeah. So, you know, it's got to be a, a thing. Like, and, and Jennifer's basically like, Bill has to do something. Yeah. And meet me halfway in a certain realm in terms of this. Like, of course, the burden is going to be different because. You know, Jen is a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Of course she's going to take more of that role on. But it needs to be equitable. We've talked about this in the past. You know, like, you don't just say, well, we have to split everything down the middle. No, you have to add all the things together Mm -hmm. and then split it down the middle. Because Bill's job takes up quite a bit. So you need to be, Jen needs to be doing equal to his job while he's in his job. Right. And then when they are together and sharing the rest of that parenting and the household things and all of the, like they clean and do all of, never mind. They have <laughs> maids and shit for that. But all of the rest of the stuff that is after you equal that out, 
then they also need to be splitting that halfway down the middle. But the problem is he's coming home, going down to the basement or wherever, and hiding away so that he doesn't have to do anything. Right. And that's the issue. Yeah. You got you to gotta at least... Tr- and if he was making any bit of an effort... Not saying he's like he's you know, yeah. but like if if Jennifer could see those elements of effort, I think that that would be a lot for her. Yeah. Um, we go to Teresa because she has all the girls and they're getting together to do their dress fitting, um, their final dress fitting for the wedding. Um, Melania just got back from the Bahamas seeing uh, Joe, um, and uh, so they're get they're getting in with the dress fitting. Um, Teresa jokes at one point about like how she just is is always looking at the girls and seeing and admiring them and stuff like that and how they grow. And uh, she, I think she said like, Adriana is always like, why are you staring at me so much? And she goes, I pushed you out of my Chukalina. If I want to stare at you, I'm going to stare at you. <laughs> oh, Chukalina. Yeah. Uh, and the girl, the girls are great in their dresses. I like that. I, we were saying this. I like that it's all the same fabric and all, but like different cuts. Like, I like that in terms of, like, an idea for a bridesmaid dress of, like, allowing each of them to sort of have their own style with it in certain realms, but still keeping a a um, synchronicity with all the looks. Like, yeah. I thought that was really nice. Um, and Gia uh, FaceTimes uh, Joe um, to show them the dresses, and obviously... And this was a really sweet uh, mm-hmm. moment. Um, and, you know, Teresa basically says, like, you know, I was telling the girls that I keep praying that one day you'll be able to come back to the country and cries, obviously. And it's really emotional. And Joe basically, you know, is like, I'm so thankful for you guys. Like as long and says, as long as you and the girls are happy, that's all that matters. And I we were talking about it before about like, it's really good to see their relationship. Yeah. Good. And honestly, maybe this is what Joe and Melissa need to do with Teresa is they need to be distant. Yeah. And like, hey, let's get together on the holidays and let's just, you know, Honestly. like see each other on a trip or something. Because Joe and Teresa were fighting like this before either of them went to jail. Right. And then, you know, and now they have this relationship because they've taken the time apart and they've taken time to heal. And really just kind of get past the stupid little petty shit. Yeah. And really just appreciate the time that they have together. And dear God, now we're back on Joe and Melissa and ugh. Yeah, I know. It's like, I know. It's, it's, it's a circle. It's it, <laughs> everything leads back to Melissa, Teresa, Joey. And I just, I can't. It's so annoying. But I also, I love that like you can... You can, I feel like they can acknowledge, okay, the marriage didn't work, but that doesn't mean we're not good people and we're not, right. we, we still don't have love for each other necessarily. And I think it takes a lot of, uh, you know, people, I don't like the reductiveness of it, but like, it takes a lot of balls for Joe to just be like happy for Teresa right. in this new marriage. Well, and it takes a lot of balls, I guess, for Teresa to like get over the anger she had towards Joe for taking that time right. that she, what little time she had left with her parents away by putting her behind bars. Yeah. Like she was extremely angry at him for that for a while. Yeah. And the fact that she's able to move past that, um, it says a lot. Yeah. 
It's really, it's really good to see. I really liked it. We then go to uh, Margaret. Uh, she's having lunch with her mom, Martina, um, her assistant, Lexi, and her mom, Ingrid, who's in town uh, to get lunch. Um, and apparently her mom is from Manchester. Because um, as soon as she's like at the British accent, I was like, oh, God. Um, but she's been flying in because they talked about a little bit last episode that Lexi's now separated from her husband and has moved in with Marge and Joe into the guest house. Um, and, uh, Ingrid's come to help raise their young son, Nino, um, and sort of help with that as well. Um, and, uh, Joe Benigno has also been helping with that as well. Can we name somebody else on this show, Joe? (laughs) One more. Joe Gorga. They've got a kid named Joe. Like... Joe um, Judice, and then we've got Joe. Like, oh yeah. my God, stop it! Stop naming your kids Joe. <laughs> There's so many names in the diaspora. So like, like pick, even if it's another J name, John. John is great. <laughs> but then we have John Fuda. Okay, George. <laughs> George works. But so, and Margaret's talking about how she really enjoyed like of the fact that like Mar- it's been just really Margaret and Joe. And having, like, you know, no kids in the house and stuff right. like that, that it's kind of helpful for all of them. Um, Lexi was saying that basically they had been married for eight years, but kind of had been separated the whole run of COVID. Um, and were thinking that they could get back together, but obviously can't. Um, and Mar- Margaret gets emotional about, you know, you know, having Lexi there and basically saying that Lexi has been there for her, for, like, her divorce. And all the sort of rough stuff with her. <laughs> Margaret goes, you knew me two faces ago. <laughs> <laughs> like some of those, they kept flashing those old pictures of Margaret. And I'm like, it does not even look like the same person. Absolutely not. It is a, uh, you know. You knew her when she was still addicted to those pigtails. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. Mm, I don't, I feel like I kind of like her older face. Controversial I like, opinion. I like her now. It's a little I'm more. It it works more for television now, but I feel like I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. Um, but she, I'm I as long as she's happy, I'm happy. Sure, sure. Um, and Margaret says that you know she's the kind of person that loves big, and when she loves you know big, she adopts people in their fa- in her family, and that's the way she lives. Um, and honestly, I I mentioned this to you when we were watching the episode. I think that's why. I connect so much to Marge because I'm very much the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very much a, like, you're either a stranger or your family. Mm-hmm. Like, once I let you in, you are, you are part of my family and I'll pretty much do anything for you. Right. Um, and, and I think that's why I have always uh, really just loved her on the show and I've already always connected to her because I see a lot of myself in her. And uh, so Marge Sr. then also talks about, like, the, the topic of Teresa comes up and the wedding. And, like, Marge Sr. is like, I don't understand why Teresa's so nasty to Joe and Melissa. And so... Twitter I, hated this scene. I mean, yeah, but I, I, I was interested. I'm like, is, has Marge Sr. been around them enough to sort of pick up on those things? But I mean, probably Marge has been friends with this group, even off screen for years and years and years. Sure. So Marge Sr. knows these people. Yeah, I can see that. Um, we go to uh, the Gorga's house and we find out Antonia got on the honor roll um, and they're celebrating her for that. And Melissa kind of talks about how, you know, she's growing up in many ways. She's getting her license. 
Uh, she's applied to eight different colleges, and most of them are also out of Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, Melissa's happy in wherever she would go because she wants her to sort of like be her full, uh, independent self, um, do her own laundry. We'll, we'll see how that happens. Yeah. When she was talking about doing her laundry, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. What? <laughs> I've been doing my laundry since I was eight. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> also, like three seconds later, they give her a car Oh, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're going to give her a car and trust her to take care of that vehicle when she can't wash her T-shirts? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Melissa's mother drives up uh, to give her a car, and she's crying, and she's emotional. And Joe was the one that kind of organized everything. Um, and we get Joe in his confessional basically being like, you know, Antonio, you know, Antonio's grown up and et cetera. But also says that, like, after this whole stuff with Teresa and stuff like that, He's starting to learn that it's about his children now and him being happy, which, yes, I was like, I don't know what this has to do with Teresa, but it look part of me. Part of me wishes he would have just let that lie. Yeah, but, you know, it would be interesting to know, like, what they had been talking about in confessional before that. Right. Because it was like we we forget that they film these confessionals all at once. So, like, they could have easily been going in on. Teresa, like two seconds before they filmed that conversation, and I don't think they give the men multiple confessionals. I think they only. I, don't know. Give, I think he only has one. I haven't paid attention to the outfits. Yeah, I'm like well laser focused on. <laughs> what other men have had confessionals? Frank has one this episode. Um, I just never notice it when the other men have them. It's just because it's on mo on, on it's mostly only Joey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he kind of is like the, he's essentially another housewife. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but then Melissa is talking to Joe about what happened on the trip. Um, and they basically say, like, Melissa basically is like, I want to keep everything peaceful. She's got, she talks about how at the end of the whole, like the painting project, she's like, mm-hmm. I, I was done. Yeah. Essentially. And it's like, I just want to keep things peaceful and normal. So my family can be in the wedding. So Joe can be in the wedding. But then once the wedding is done, we're done. And that we're off this ride. And I get it. You know, like, I, get- I think that's the most healthy choice is to just be like, let's stick around. Let's celebrate this thing. Let's try to be peaceful until then. Right. And then once it's over, we'll just slide out the side door and just be done. And I think that's healthy. I think the thing that confuses me is that how do we go from this to things getting worse, but we know things get worse. Well, I mean, where, clearly it's because Teresa gets indicated in the rumor well, no, about no, no, Melissa. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it gets worse enough to where they don't go to the wedding. And then we have, like, the week before the reunion on Watch What Happens Live, Joe Gorga being like, Andy being like, I think you guys are done. And Joe being like, no, no, we can always find a way to fix it. I don't understand that. (laughs) But there's also been a lot of time. There's probably been things happen between the wedding and now. Like, but it feels like really. I feel like it's gotten worse though. Probably, but like, who knows? I mean, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. There, that's part of the frustration of this sort of show being seasons, you know, and instead of a constant thing, which. Would not be fair to the people that are on the show. Would not be fair clearly. to us. Would not be fair to us either, even just as viewers, but let alone trying to do that on a podcast. Can you imagine <laughs> trying to review all the housewives all the time 
It really would just be like, so this person is doing, I mean, in the age of social media, also, you can't yeah. really do that because it's like, you know. Yeah. But yeah, please don't. Please do not. Please never do that. Um, oh, we, can you imagine a Big Brother style with like live feeds? That I would, I mean, if it was actually Big Brother, but. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, so we go to Dolores uh, going to lunch with Frank. I thought this was one of my favorite scenes of the, of the, yeah. the episode. Um, <laughs> Frank walks in in his fucking biker because he came in on his motorcycle. His like sleeveless like leather vest, and Dolores is like, "What are you, one of the village people?" <laughs> Look <if laughs> to this he, like fancy Italian restaurant. If he had instead of wearing a tank top under that vest, worn a button up shirt, yeah, it would be like a long sleeve button up shirt under it. Like that would have been good. It like, was just something about the sleeveless. And yeah, the, it was. Yeah, with the sleeveless, it wasn't. No, it wasn't giving. Um, <laughs> it was giving something. It was. It, it, it was giving biker gang. Yeah. <laughs> um. De, so Dolores and in her confession was basically like, uh, you know, the way my family was raised and the way Frank's family was raised, like we don't have these like long emotional feeling talks like we don't talk about our feelings like this but she's doing it because paul suggested it that and we see paul basically telling her like i think you need to talk to frank about this because like you know um you know and and i found it like in her confessional even dolores was like to express like how like the feeling you know aren't really expressed in the family she's like i don't think we ever even told the kids that we were getting that we were divorced no yeah they just said She's yeah, like, he's Ga- not living here anymore. Yeah, Gab. She's like, Gabby asked me at four, like, why does Dad not live here? <laughs> and it's like, well, <laughs> um, so it starts. She Frank brings up that apparently Frankie um got his dream job, and they're basically doing a, like a, a dinner like party sort of like to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, Gabby was like, I don't know if we should ask Dolores because she'll be really mad if Paul uh, doesn't come. And Dolores is like, why wouldn't like Paul will come? And Frankie's like, no, Paul's not coming. That's not a place for Paul. He says, it's our family. It's the four of us. And I was like, no, it's not. That's not fair. Yeah, it's, yeah. I can understand if it was like a a casual somebody, but she's living with this man. Yeah. Like, this is clearly something more than just a fling. Yeah. Like, so just. And Dolores is like, Brittany will come to, and Frank's like, I don't even want Brittany there. And it's like, I'm sure Brittany feels great hearing that. Like, Yeah, that's. I just and like he has this rigid like I this I think illuminate a lot of things. Frank does have this sort of rigid idea of like it's the four of us and no one else. And I yeah. understand how that can be really frustrating when you're Dolores and wanting to move on with your life, right? And sort of like I don't. That's why I was like we were saying in past like I don't think Dolores wants a sp- clean split from Frank. I don't think that's what she's like. Yeah, you know. Well, and I it looks like what he is looking for is. Dolores to be his partner right. and then him date other people. Mm-hmm. And even if there's no romance, even if there's no anything between him and Dolores, we need to essentially are, be a couple. She is still his life partner yeah. effectively. Um, and then like date outside of that, that's fine. Who cares? But like we're the couple and they're extras. And that's not, I mean, one, it's not tenable. Like and it works if that's your explicit arrangement, but if that's not what you told each other you wanted, then why would you expect that yeah. from somebody? Because also we know that that's not what Dolores wanted. Dolores no. for years has wanted commitment with someone else. Right. So that's not like, you know, 
Um, and Dor- Dolores basically says, like, look, it would be the... F- you're saying, like, it's the- this is something that where it would always be the four of us. It would be the four of us in the past because we weren't in serious relationships in the past. Right. And, you know, our family can grow and other people can be accepted into that. And Frank isn't for that. And Frank says, like, oh, and Dolores is like, I have to, you know, pe- look, people looking in on the outside, seeing our relationship, it's not, like, typical in terms of, like, this sort of divorce thing, in terms of, like... Right. And Frank is like, and I didn't like Frank being like, well, it's your job to set people straight on that, Dolores. It's like, it re- like putting it on Dolores, I can, this is where I'm like. Well, but I think he, I think he was more meaning when people are questioning you right. about them, set them straight. No, yeah. I, it was more the way he phrased it. Yeah. No. Where I was, uh, yeah. Where I was like, I can see why Dolores gets so frustrated. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm, t- I'm expected to sort of just eat it. Yeah. And like, you know, set the standard and then, you know, call people out, et cetera. And Frank's allowed to just sort of have his happiness in what he wants. Right. And that, and that can be frustrating. Um, you know, and Frank is like, you, you know, Brittany wouldn't have it, wouldn't have a problem with not coming and Polly shouldn't. And Dolores is like, okay, but it's not that Polly doesn't have a problem. It's that I have the problem. Yeah. Like, and she's like, and it's not Polly's problem. It's my problem. And Frank goes, no. <laughs> it's like no you're gonna tell me what like whatever uh um frank and frank is basically like look it, this whole thing has gotten between the family it's gotten to a point where it's like i don't feel like i can even pick up the phone and call you when i'm excited about something or whatever and we get a little bit more backstory of like frank frank basically talks about like you know the person i would always do that to call and and confide in was my mother and then when my mother died it was dolores like yeah. and so that and and that's sort of where that emotional element of it is coming from from Frank and Frank kind of gets emotional at the table and Dolores is like you are not going to get emotional right now go to the bathroom right now which speaks to speaks to that old school mentality yeah it irritated me but, but I yeah it's so how they were raised though and like yeah. that sort of like you don't show feelings I don't think we've seen Dolores cry ever on the show so it's we like, have in confessionals. I can't think of it though. But it's more of a she's tearing up, not she's crying. Yeah. It yeah. So it's like it's interesting to see. Like, um, you know, and Dolores is like, look, it feels nice to belong to someone now and like have that other yeah. person in my life. And I like I like the way she phrased it where it's like, you know, you can still call me. You can still if you're excited about something or whatever, you can still call me. It's not I don't we there's no restrictions, there's just boundaries. Yeah. Like, and I think that's, there's a key difference there. Like, it's not like, like, don't be afraid to like, you know, contact me. We're still always going to be in each other's lives. But like, this is that, that, that four, it's just us four is not going to work. Yeah. It's well, and I mean, this, this goes back to that theory that most straight men are romantically attached to other straight men. Right. But it seems like Frank actually did have a romantic connection to Dolores because he sees her as his best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't make a difference between the way... Like, Dolores is like, some of this stuff is in the romantic category and that's no longer appropriate. Yeah. And he doesn't realize that that is considered romantic because he sees that as friendship. He sees that as true 
companionship friendship which makes sense not to uh, not to shit on him but like it makes sense when he was a cheater like when he was yeah. somebody that like you know because he never wavered in that regard he just went and slept with people yeah it's, because he doesn't he, compute those two things in his mind well and as, that's why men cheat more often than women do yeah because they don't see they they the, like that's just sex right like who cares about sex that's not that important like that's just be going out and letting off steam as opposed to no you broke the trust in this romantic relationship mm-hmm. by going over here with this other like you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it also explains why because i feel like he also has that similar relationship with joey Mm-hmm. And that's why they're they're so close and so like like I know we joke all the time about how they fucked at some point, right? Because they definitely did. The, I mean, sure, <laughs> possibly, probably, maybe. Um, but like at the very least, there is a what most straight men see as romance mm-hmm. or as see as friendship type romance. There, like they carry care about each other on that same level that he cares about Dolores, right? And, um, yeah, I, I just see, I feel like that's why he can't differentiate. Like, while he's like, we're still a unit, we're still connected because he still wants that friendship connection, but he's crossing the boundary into romantic things that is not appropriate yeah. with her. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, we go to Teresa's bridal shower and Jennifer's getting everything organized. Um, she's greeting Louis's family. Um, and his uh, sisters uh, who are in the bridesmaid party and also Rosanna, who's one of Teresa's close friends. Um, and it's all a surprise. Teresa thinks he's, she's basically getting lunch with the girls. She's in the car with uh, two of them. Um, well, I, I know it's, I was like, it's Melania and one of the others. I, could, I couldn't remember um, if it's Adriana um, or it is. Gabriella. Um, which the, Gabriella's the, the one that looks like none of the rest of the family. Well, because and you were like, cause she was like, there's a point where it brings up that she's 12 and you were like 12. She looks like she's like 16. Kids are older these days. Like, and it's just like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's like, like between the ages of 12 and 16, 17, I don't know that there's much of a difference, which is why I don't even consider anybody under the age of 25, 27 attractive. Cause you don't want to get into that sure. range. But it was, yeah, it, I was like, you like, but also I think the other thing is like her girls are also like, they, I don't think they've ever had, I don't think they've had work done, but they're very like MUA, mm-hmm. like, like contoured and like, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, uh, uh, but Teresa's uh, driving, uh, thinking that she's going to lunch essentially. Um, and then this week, then we had this moment. So. They're like, okay, so we have like the, you know, all the stuff and the rehearsal and stuff like that. And Louis also organizing this dinner at Avra, which I guess is a restaurant. Um, and so, uh, and, and uh, Melania apparently asked if she can bring a date. And Teresa's like, no. <laughs> I love Teresa. <laughs> there was something I would say, watch Teresa likes reaction to her daughters talking about dating. It was giving Wendy Williams for me. A little bit, yeah. If you see, like, the mannerisms and, like, the, like... Well, they're both Jersey girls. That makes sense. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Yeah. No, it was, like, there was something about it. I don't know why. Miss you, Wendy. Um, And so, Louis then calls Teresa and is on speakerphone. (laughs) 
And Teresa's like, hi, how's it going? And Louis's like, yeah, so I'm sending out invites um, for the dinner in Avra. I'm sending one to Margaret. Uh, and Margaret plus one, uh, Jackie plus one, Dolores plus one, Jennifer plus one. Um, I'm not inviting Melissa and Joe, by the way. So I'm not inviting them. And her face was like, ah! she, she fucked this up. She fucked this up. There was a way to fix this. And, but the yeah. problem is she could have just been like, you know, actually, you know what? I know things are still tough. Invite them, whatever. But Teresa goes, you know, we're still filming, right? <laughs> you know, the cameras are on us. And Louie goes, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> it's like, that was your problem. And then, so like the calls very clearly, she goes, no, invite them, all of that. Yeah. And then ends the phone call. And then she does this, like the whole, there's a whole other scene of her doing this PSA with the girls of, no, you know, if you have problems with people, you can work things out. And, you know, you really, it, it's just, oh, well, my God. Well, and also Teresa's like, yeah, Melissa and Joe are going to be invited. And, and, Mel- and Melania goes, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think. Those kids don't give a fuck. Oh, there was a moment later where Gia, like, is like, I guess I should talk to Melissa. And, like, talks yeah. to her for, like, five seconds and then just, like, Ooh. like, they don't fuck with her. Yeah. We also found out because uh, apparently Gia was on uh, Teresa's podcast, um, her most recent episode. And according to Gia, apparently Melissa's blocked her on Instagram and on social mm. media. And apparently this was also before the Joe Gorga, Joe Judice video came out. Right. That's where I'm like, because Gia responded obviously to that video we talked about. That's where I would kind of be like, eh, but like, I feel like your aunt blocking you like that. I don't think that was a right move by but Melissa. But wait, if she blocked her before that, then how did she... She saw it on Joe's thing. Or she, she either saw it on Joe's thing, or um, I'm sure it was getting shared around a lot of places. But she commented on the original post. Which was Joe's. Okay. So I think, I, my guess is she wasn't blocked on Joe's. But she like oh, she's like... People were sending me, people were, uh, she was like, people were messaging me about it. So I went to go look at Melissa's page and I was blocked. And I was bl- and blocked not just on my personal page, but like my business page and like, you know, which I think is shitty. And I think like Gia, while has been vocal on the show, has not been that vocal on social media as, as much as she could be. As much as I've seen other people be in, in the housewives realm, like I could see Melissa blocking her after that comment. But, but I can but, also see if things had kind of derailed a little bit after the wedding, why Melissa would go, I don't want to see any of them on my feed. I am protecting myself from that. And I'm putting a boundary in between. Can you not mute people on Instagram? I don't know. I'm not on Instagram very much. Yeah, because that's the, I mean, well, yeah, but it's like on Twitter, at least, it's like you can at least mute and they don't, yeah. like, you know. Um, you like to do that to the haters. I love it. Because that. that's always fun because then they could just scream at well, a brick wall well, and they I, have no clue yeah, they're blocked. I love the, I reply to the hater and then mute. Like, that's <laughs> the, like, conversation done. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, you know, and yeah, you, as you mentioned, like Teresa's basically saying like, you know, you know, I don't, she's saying, I don't tell the kids a lot about Joe and Melissa unless I absolutely have to. And obviously she was in a position with the, 
Yeah, I, I know. I find that to be bullshit because I don't remember what season it was, but there was definitely seasons. She definitely uh, wasn't the, doing it before then. She definitely wasn't doing it until like pre jail. I would say pre jail was when the stripper uh, thing was happening. That's what I'm saying. Uh, one of the children was swinging on a pole in the van, going, "Look, I'm Melissa." No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like pre. So the, she was clearly doing that at some point. That's what. I, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. pre-jail, she was definitely talking about Melissa okay. and Joe. Like but post-jail, at, I don't know as much. But at that point, the groundwork was already laid. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I, I again, I'm surprised by reports Gia wasn't at the reunion. I think that would have been important to have, and I think I would like to hear Gia talk about it more extensively. I mean, maybe she talks about it on that podcast. Maybe, but like, I, I feel like I, I want to. I feel like I can, you know, decipher what is fed and what is coming from a genuine place. Yes, but if that is what your groundwork is, then all of your genuine opinions are going to go through that filter. No, I know. Um, Teresa then says, the, you know, there's always a light at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> and and Malai's like, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Um Melissa uh, arrives uh, to the party and says hi to Louis' sisters. And Melissa's like, you know, they seem lovely. I just don't understand why Teresa sees the, sees the whole thing as them or me. It was like she said, I replaced you guys. I have, something, I have someone to call family, so bye. I think, you're, I think you're wrong in the sense that I don't think it was ever them. I don't think it's a replacement. She never liked you. Like, that's you know what fair. I mean? You can't um, replace something that's not there originally. But you cannot like family and still consider them family. Sure. But she doesn't even seem to consider them family anymore. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then we find out that one of Louis' sisters is actually officiating the wedding. Um, so that should be interesting. We see an Ashley Darby sighting, uh, which like... Yeah, I don't... I. There's something in the back of my head that remembers them being friends, but, but I don't people, remember where or how they got connected. Of all people in like the housewives like realm, I wouldn't think Ashley. Because BravoCon was after this, and they didn't have one last year or the year before. Yeah. So there wouldn't have been like they didn't have anything until previous pre-pandemic. Right. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed like a weird choice. And they didn't go on a girls' trip together because Teresa and Melissa were on that first I one and thought, Ashley like, wasn't on that. I would have thought like Kenya or like, you know. Right. Like, I would have thought some of the Atlanta girls, like she connected with Cynthia and Kenya. I would have, well, we know Ramona got an invite. Sure. <laughs> Famously got an invite because um, she shared it with everyone. <laughs> Danielle uh, arrives and there's kind of an awkward silence with Danielle and the group. It's really awkward. Um, and Melissa's like, something seemed off with you on the trip, you think? <laughs> That's Just putting it lightly. Um, Dolores basically is like, you know, Danielle wears her heart on her sleeve in certain things. And I think that seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, you know, and Melissa's like, you know, I think Margaret asked Melissa, like, you know, have you talked to Teresa since the trip? And she's like, no. I, like, it's like, it's sad to walk on eggshells at her bridal shower. And Danielle is basically like, 
Yeah, so this isn't the right time to tell her about this. Yeah, no, clearly. Like, I don't know why these girls seem to think in the middle of a party is a good time to drop this bombshell. And like, it's it always should, at public events. You can't pick up the phone. You, you can't. Like, I get that cameras need to be there, but go to her house. Yeah. Like, have her over to your house. Um, Something... Send her a mail, a letter in the mail. You know, send her an email, send her carrier a text pigeon. message, carrier pigeon, Morse code, fire signals, whatever. Anything. But like, <laughs> you... no, it can't happen. Not on Housewives. Um, uh, Teresa arrives and everyone surprises her. This editing of like, they cut to everyone being like, surprise. Yay, we're so excited. And cut to Melissa's like stank face, which like, I feel like was editing. I feel like that was editing. I feel like that was when... Teresa was naming off all the people she was no because they were still in that crowd never mind yeah because Teresa was doing that after they were seated but um it, it probably wasn't yeah I don't what they made it out to be no it wasn't there was no way that didn't make sense um Teresa is, is like hugging Louie's mom Iris and crying and she like apparently they have a really good bond together and like that she, Teresa's like it reminds me a lot of my mom and it makes me wish that she was here for this um so it's really emotional um everyone starts eating um, and Dolores is also checking back in on Danielle about Ireland. And she's like, I came home a different person and my eyes are wide open, which yeah. is kind of ominous. But um, And there's a bit more awkwardness between Danielle and Rachel. Um, you know, Danielle thinks like Rachel's like can go from, you know, normal to like crazy in one minute. So like she's like doesn't know how to take her. And Rachel and her professional is basically like, I'm going to move forward with Danielle. Let's like put our big girl pants on and just like get over this shit, essentially. Yeah, I'm kind of there yeah. for that as well. So then Teresa um, comes back out and gives her speech. And she's thanking various people. She's thanking Rosanna for being with her, like uh, like being real close friends with her and supporting her, Ve- just touching on various people. And, of course, she doesn't mention Melissa. And Marge basically is like, it feels like it's intentional, the the exclusion. Yeah. Yes, but I also, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm cold hearted, but I'm just like if you don't have that relationship, don't fake it. Yeah, I just I don't know. I like just... I to me everything ch- changed in sort of my understanding of this. Remember on the first um, Ultimate Girls Trip where it's the first episode and they're all going on like about to go on the planes or whatever, and Teresa and Melissa are in that car by themselves and they don't talk to each other. Like that was where yeah. I was like. You guys aren't even, like... But, I mean, th- it's one thing to do that when you are in a, a party that is just your close friends, or if it is, like, that sort of thing. But when you are acknowledging family... Yeah. You know, you you got to fake it for that. Sure. For big events like that, you fake it. And Teresa does know how to fake it. Like... I think. Yeah, she's she's not dumb. She's not incapable of faking shit. She's been faking shit for years. Like there there was faking a lot of tax she, return. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that was Joe. That wasn't her as far as we know. Um uh, but you know, like she could she could easily have said for 5 seconds of you know, screen time, you know, and I just want to, you know, give a shout out to um, my my brother Joey's wife Melissa. She's so special to me, and I really, I just wanted to say I love you. Yeah, you know, that's it. That's all you needed, and then you move on. Yeah. Done. Yeah. 
They're they're getting ready to do the henna um, and stuff like that, and Jennifer's getting everyone sort of need like the paste or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And she talks about how like it's about like prosperity and sort of um, right. that sort of stuff. Um, Teresa's trainer like has a conversation with Melissa afterwards where she's like, I think Teresa should have mentioned you. I don't like the you know, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I love Teresa's trainer too because she's like. She's like mob wise Italian, like in terms of her. She's like, and I couldn't do that. Like I'm a Satch. She's like, oh, a Sagittarius? Yeah, a Satch. I can't have that. <laughs> and then they do, they do like the traditional, like sort of like Turkish dance um, for Teresa. Um, and Teresa is like talking about how she's like really thankful for Jennifer, like for putting the party together and sort of being a great bridesmaid. She's like, see, that's what bridesmaids should do: be happy fun not complaining <laughs> no negative and see, energy and see here's the thing i think that if melissa was in that role melissa would fake it maybe i think maybe. that she would go she is trying she has put me in this role i'm going to respect that and i'm going to do everything i can to make this day special for her i like i don't see why you would be given that role and then shit all over it I don't think Melissa would do that. Maybe in that specific role, but I. Mm. I don't think she would. I don't think she would want to be, you know, um, maid of honor or matron of honor because she's married. But you know, like, yeah, if no, she were in I the bridal party, I think she would be a lot more supportive than she is. She's not being supportive because she has felt disrespected. Sure. I she get- would feel respected if she was in the role that she should be in as her sister-in-law, yeah. especially when her sister-in-law's to be are in that role. Yeah, I get it. It's all complicated and crazy. It's and- really not. I mean, no, not complicated, but like, you know, you're right. It's not complicated. Actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> it's real simple. You put your family in your, in your party and then. You know, you you make it work, and you smile, and you get past it, and then that that's it, done. Simple. Um. So that was the episode of Jersey. Um. I thought this was a. Here's the thing. I thought this was a good episode overall. I I thought my I, everything except the Teresa and Melissa stuff I liked. Is that you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was kind of like, okay, we're over it. Like just get to the reunion and break up. Like I'm just like I'm done. Yeah. But like. The stuff with Dolores and, like, with everyone's, like, sort of, like, side stories, I really liked. Yeah. And I thought had good, like, scenes independent of the big elephant in the room. Yeah, definitely, definitely that. Yeah. So, overall, really good episode, Jersey. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the newest episode of Survivor 44. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. 
Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like, one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items, from t-shirts and hoodies, to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. We are headed over to Fiji once again for this next episode of Survivor. Survivor. This was a, I'll say this, a good episode with a not so good ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was not so good because I didn't like who went home. But without that, you know, them sending home somebody that I liked and really wanted to see in as the finale, the, it was good. As far as the structure of everything. Right. It was good. I really liked it. Um, we returned from Tribal, um, and Franny is, was basically left out of the cane vote. Um, so, it, yeah. so it doesn't seem like it was also... Because I was like, okay, so Soka and them split, but they completely left Franny out. So yeah. that's different. Um, uh, Franny basically was like, everyone lied to me, and I feel like no one's on my side in this. And then... Honestly, with like thinking about that, she should have realized she was further towards the bottom. Yeah. Like if they were leaving her out of vote, she should have known she needed she needed to win that immunity challenge. I mean, maybe she still knew, but But like, she seemed like she like, who, know, who knows about how much of that was convincing herself after the fact? You know what I mean? Sure. That I mean that's definitely possible, but she seemed a lot more confident going into that um uh tribal than i think was necessarily warranted yeah yeah. into the one at the end of this episode for clarity that's true um and lauren is also feeling like she was left out of things and is basically worried that her and jamie are now the only two left on raw two and now her uh uh what's the um when you have two votes well i can't think of the name of the advantage oh 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 uh uh well hers was not because it was her extra vote. Yeah, extra vote. Why? Oh my god! <laughs> like this show. Well, but yeah, but it was hers. Was like bank a vote because she had to not vote early right, on right, and right, say right. it wasn't like she got an extra vote somewhere. She it was one of her early episode votes right. that she saved. Yeah, it's oh my god, <laughs> so much. Uh, and but like they're the last two on Raw too, and also Jamie doesn't have her idol anymore. Her um, fake idol. To her be fake clear. idol. <laughs> This that element was so funny. This episode, I, I again, all these fake idols went around and nobody tried to play one. They all went home in somebody's pocket. It just wasn't really satisfying in that regard. It was, come on, Survivor, do better. Yeah, um, Carson basically wants to speak to Jamie in private and tells her like I wasn't really sure about Kane and sort of uh, that, and that Kane basically informed everyone about your idol. 
which is not true. Because Carson, Cause was, Carson the was the one that did it. Yeah, Carson, I'm liking Carson a little bit more. Yeah. I was really down on, I, I feel like Carson, we talked about it, was kind of like sort of self-editing in terms of like his narrative. But I like, think that week of yakking really um, woke like, him oh, up. I was like, oh, okay, you're, you know. <laughs> like once he got that rice back in him last episode, he was good. Yeah. And Jamie's like, well, I'm kind of in a tough spot because I don't have my idol, but everyone thinks I still have my idol. Yeah. So I'm kind of, you know, in a terrible position. Um, we go to the reward challenge. We actually get a separate reward challenge this episode. Um, and it's another, um, another course sort of thing. They have to basically spin in this frame to move a buoy uh, closer towards them. And then they basically um, traverse this um, uh, balance beam where they collect two balls and then they have to shoot these balls onto this ledge. Uh, and once they land both balls on the ledge, then they win. And they did this one last season. They did I this think. one last season with I forgot her name. Nicole she, is that her name? Oh, I don't. The the amputee. She was the amputee who won and kind of came from behind, and it was a big moment. Um, and then ended up going home that episode. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the parallels. We were rooting for Nicole. She wins the. Or I the, don't know if uh, her name's Nicole. Oh, I, God. I think I'm pretty sure it was. I gotta look it up. Oh, geez. But no, yeah, we've seen this uh, challenge before where, like, like it's, it, I like the, 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 um, the shooting of the balls onto the ledge. We've seen that separately in other challenges. Uh-huh. Noel. Noel. Okay, close. So it's close enough. Uh, but yeah, she, she literally won the, the challenge to do the sanctuary thing um, and then ended up getting voted off after losing the immunity challenge. Yeah. Well, <laughs> whoops. Um, we, and, and Jeff says like the winner for the reward gets to go to the sanctuary again for, and gets to stay there for the night and gets to actually sleep in a bed and they get tacos. They get, uh, apple empanadas, beer and margaritas. Um, and then there's an added thing that he'll tell them later that they also get. Um, so they're starting, Jamie's taking her time, uh, on the spinny uh, sort of rotation thing, she looked like a kid, and like at recess. Or yeah, something. I think like Jeff she's... said something like that. It was like, oh, it's like you know, like it's an afternoon, <laughs> like. Just... But it it looked really fun when she was doing it, and I was like, okay, I might have, I might have fun doing that. So obviously, the big thing also is like once they get off of this, they get dizzy, etc. Danny does another fucking forward roll for no reason. Why is he making that his thing? I don't know. I I think he thinks. I mean, honestly, he's turning into fucking um, um, from what season was that? Season eleven with the cheerleading challenge of Drag Race. Oh, season nine. Season nine with um, James Mansfield. James Mansfield. Somebody turned him into that meme. The like I, we we were trying to excuse it even before, but it's like when you're dizzy, why would you forward roll? It makes no sense. Maybe because like. You can't fall when you're forward rolling. Like, I don't know. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I also love Carolyn trying to get her balance and just start, starts high, like high-pitched wailing. Just like, ah! <laughs> Carolyn is a mood constantly. Yeah. Um, but Franny, like, comes uh, from behind and is, like, qu- quick on this and basically gets both of her balls up pretty quickly and, like, is the only one to get anything on the ledge, actually. Um, and f- so this is third Tranny's third uh, challenge win. Uh, beats Danny again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's loving that. Um, and like, well, and but this is her third challenge win. So people are now looking at her. 
Okay. I mean, yeah, I, yes, I get it. But, but like, that's like only one aspect to the game. Yeah. I do. I don't like punishing people because they win challenges. Because there's a lot of narrative later at Tribal of like, should you have just thrown the challenge? And it's like, well, somebody, that's the issue. Somebody has to win. Yeah. It's like, it's not like there's a choice to not participate. Like, you can't go, well, I don't want to make myself a target, so I'm just not going to put myself in the situation. No, somebody has to win. Somebody's going to be a target. And that, to me, is an issue. Yeah. Um, but then she also, uh, uh, Jeff then also reveals that not only does she get all the stuff originally stated, but also letters from home, and everyone gets really emotional, obviously. Franny gets to, like, pick people to go with her, like, one at a time where we don't know how many she gets to pick. But she ends up picking Carolyn um, and then Lauren and then Heidi. So essentially picking the three mothers um, and also, and factoring in also, like, who's gotten food reward before, et cetera. Right. Um, so they all go to the sanctuary. We go back to the um, camp, though, and Yam Yam's really upset and is taking it really hard. They, one, he hasn't gotten a reward yet, but also was hoping to get to read the letter from either his husband or uh, his mother and is really emotional about it, obviously. Um, so that, yeah, that is, I mean, it is sad. You were talking. I've you, never understood. You've been you're there. You're cold hearted Merlin. It's like, I, I'm not cold hearted. I'm, I'm just like, it's been 16 days. <laughs> you can't go without talking to somebody for 16 days. And I get that y'all are going through the ringer. I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind, kind of like out of sight, out of mind, but like, I don't. There are definitely other shows that do the letters from home thing where I definitely feel more like you, where I'm like, why do you care? Like, like, it's not that I don't think they should care, but I don't understand why they're so like, like, like drag there race. Have, there have been seasons where people literally like get angry at people for not inviting them <laughs> on the the thing that gets them their letter from home and target them as a result yeah. and like are have a vendetta against them for the rest of the season and it's like girl it's not that serious you're about to go home yeah like i don't understand but like drag race does that a lot too and it's like okay but you guys i know it only takes like less than a month to film a season so like yeah and like I don't remember who said it, but, oh, I think it was Jam Jam was like, you know, I really like want the peace of mind to know everybody's okay. It's like they have pulled people out of the competition before when there were problems back home that needed your attention. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know. Production will come to you if it's that sort of situation. So, like, I don't get why you think they wouldn't. Yeah. So, if you haven't heard... That's a good sign, fam. Like, yeah. you're fine. Um, and Danny is basically getting Yam Yam, Jamie, and, Car and Carson together to basically try to put the target on Franny. Basically, be like, she's won three challenges. Like, we, we need to get her out now. And they basically all agree. Um, we arrive at the sanctuary. Um, Carolyn's enjoying her mocktail. <laughs> she's really... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Carolyn also thanks Franny explicitly for like choosing all the moms and, and that. And Franny talks about sort of wanting to build a relationship with Carolyn mm -hmm. and that she, she talked a little bit in the past about like really respecting Carolyn because she herself feels like she doesn't always fit in times and seeing Carolyn being so honest and open about herself and not caring, like is yeah. commendable. Um, they get their letters. Everyone cries. <laughs> everyone ugly cries. Um, we get a little bit of Lauren. Carolyn's like, 
My kid hates writing. She's like, she's literally like, this is the most he's probably ever written. And he's like, she's like, shows the drawing that he drew. It's like, what even is that? I don't even know. But I love, I love her so much. She's great. Um, Lauren, we get a little bit of Lauren's backstory through this whole letter reading process about sort of her dad. And because her dad says that he's really proud of her and that that's really big for him. Uh, and she talks a lot about sort of like overcoming the expectations that are placed on her of like, you know, being obviously being a person of color and like being uh, divorced and with kids, like, you know, sort of like having to like even battle like her parents sort of being like, well, this is what's you as a person in society statistically like is going to yeah. go through and like overcoming that and talking about getting her education and like sort of like getting on Survivor too. Like, it was good to see that backstory from her. Yeah. I feel like I like I would like Lauren if she got more of an edit. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I think it's a little bit different with the letters from home when you have young young kids. That's true. When you are a parent of young children, I think that it is different. There's a certain maternal like aspect yeah. that plays in. Um, Carolyn basically is like, I know Franny's a threat, but I don't want to vote her out. Like yeah. you know. And that, and basically they're like uh, kind of all in agreement. Like we want to continue this trend of women winning like these challenges yeah. since everyone so far has been a woman. Um, and care <laughs> and Heidi's like, yeah, let's keep this going. And then Carolyn's like, Oh, I thought we were talking about voting Danny out. <laughs> <laughs> I literally cackled. And it was so good. But I love that. She brings that up. And then immediately Lauren goes, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. And Heidi's like, I have no ties to Danny at the end of the day. Like, you know, which to be fair, was a lie. Yes. But, but as, it was like a, well, maybe I'm willing to cut these ties. Sure. Okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> sort of lie. So we go back to the island and Danny's base, uh, as, as Heidi's basically like, I have no connection to Danny. I, I have no like loyalty to Danny. I just, I need to win at the end of the day. Cut to Danny being like, I know Heidi and she'll 100% vote out Franny. <laughs> And then later, he literally tells her that she's his well, number one. Yeah. And I'm like... He tells her a lot of things. He tells her a lot of things. We'll get to that conversation. But, uh, like, uh, to that note, it, it's like, Heidi's like, yeah, I'll cut him off. Who cares? And he and later, he's like, you're my number one. It's like, I got some bad news for you, bro. I don't think the wires are crossing in terms of, like, what we're... Yeah. Um, and Danny suggests that tell, to basically tell Carolyn that, okay... Because they don't want to put Carolyn, keep Carolyn in the in the loop, as they have been for weeks. Which <sighs> they know this is a bad idea. They and know she's not going to be happy about it. So basically, like, let's tell Carolyn that we want to flush Jamie's idol, and <laughs> Jamie's then decides that this is the time that she's going to tell them exactly what happened, and lays out exactly what happened about giving the idol to Kane because she was worried about knowledge's power, and Kane is now left with the idol, so she doesn't have her idol. And Danny's like, "This is a good story." It's a horrible, no, actually, it's a horrible story. It's complete BS in his confessional. And what's hilarious is it's literally the truth. It's Dan 100% the truth. Danny is so confident for being so wrong. Like, <laughs> which. He reminds me of, uh, who was the one guy from Traders that was like that? Oh, uh, Quentin. Quentin. Very, yeah, big very Quentin, Quentin energy. energy. Um, Jamie is, and I love Jamie just being like, finally, the target is off my back. Like, it's just so good to tell the truth. And, like, be honest. <laughs> and the entire rest of the tribe's like, nah, fam, you're a no. liar. And even Carson goes to Danny is like, I don't believe that either. We should vote for, if not, if we can't get Franny out, then we'll vote for Jamie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they return the next day from the sanctuary 
Um, Jamie then tells the the girls who return about her idol story as well. And even Franny's like, I smell bullshit. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It's like, I don't, I don't get what about that seems so fake. Like, Lauren literally did the same thing with her vote. Well, that, that's my thing. I was like, can they not corroborate with Lauren that this is true? But maybe Lauren doesn't know. I can't remember. Lauren the probably didn't know that the idol change happened, but she knew that that's what happened with her vote. She handed her vote to Jamie. Right. So who like, then used it. Yeah. I'm conf- I, I was confused why Lauren didn't corroborate. Yeah. Or, or that Jamie got Lauren to corroborate. Yeah. Like, like she couldn't have gone. Well, I mean, you did the same thing with yeah. your vote. And then I think Lauren going, yeah, I did. That would have led some, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. We go to the immunity challenge. Um, essentially, they, they start the immunity challenge basically being tied up, tied their legs and their arms tied. And they have to sort of drag themselves through this like sand um, hill like uh-huh. path or whatever while carrying this buoy in their mouth. Um, I feel like they've done this before but without the buoy maybe but it's been a while yeah and then basically when they get to the end they have to uh they have to weave the buoy through this like sort of like knots and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then they get to this star-shaped puzzle that they have to complete which i've never seen the star-shaped puzzle before no i don't yeah i think that one's new um (laughs) I, i was i was thinking carson um does well in this challenge i was like did they with all these like 3D printed models where they like, guys, we got to come up with something different, like in like two seconds. Like, but then also they made it into a star when this guy has literally done an internship with NASA and is like obsessed with the space. <laughs> sure, perfect. So Danny basically takes like a major lead in like the early, like he is like breezing through this. It's like they're still like really behind. Um, Yam Yam, <laughs> Yam Yam eventually gets to the puzzle and then does like a little shimmy. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was so funny. Uh, but then, so like people then start getting to the puzzle. This is where I miss the Jeff. Like I love when Jeff used to do all the shady like lines when people were doing challenges, and we finally get one here where he's like, "Danny was first here, but has made absolutely zero progress on the puzzle." <laughs> he's almost just staring at it with his hands on his hips. He's literally not doing the puzzle. <laughs> no. Um, Car- Carolyn is stuck at like Carolyn's so far behind, but then she's also stuck getting the buoy out of like the knots and just keeps like retying herself up. And it's just and she's like, like, Who did this? And I'm like, You bitch, you did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny. But then it also comes down to like Carson's like, like has a good lead on Franny. I, I think it was Franny, uh, has a good lead on Franny and is down to just one piece, but can't get the like. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh god, did I do I have to like because it's also one of the ones where it's like. You could think you have it right and then have to sort of like rework the whole puzzle to make that piece fit somewhere else. Yeah. So like Franny could possibly come behind, but then Carson eventually does get it. Carson wins immunity. Um, and so uh, that's sort of where things are positioned. We go back to the camp and Fr- and you were talking before that Franny's like, I have this like renegade excitement in that I don't, this is the first real time I don't have immunity. The second safety. she said that I went, oop. She's going home. But she's like, I can now put my social strategy to the test or whatever. Nope. <laughs> it's a good narrative, but like. It's a good narrative, but you know full well that the second that they play that confessional, that person's going home. Yeah. You know it. It's just, I've watched too many reality competition shows to not understand that that's how that works. Yeah. Carolyn basically wants Danny out, and Carson um, is also like the, talking about how he doesn't really think think jamie's story is real so that's sort of the dynamics so the, right now the dynamics are like this is my okay 
So right now the dynamics are Franny, Danny, um, Jamie a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Lauren basically, uh, like Danny brings to Lauren the like, okay, we're getting Franny out, and Lauren's like, I'm good with that, but also is like kind of baffled that Danny would like suggest this to her since like one, we haven't talked strategy really at all yeah. in this game, and two, I just went on a reward with Franny, yeah, and you don't think like that's a problem? Um, Yam Yam basically thinks that Jamie's the biggest threat. I don't get that, like. <laughs> Jamie's going along to get along. Um, Jamie's just having a good time. And Yam Yam and Carson are basically discussing whether to go with Franny or to go with Jamie in terms of uh, Tika. But basically, um, and, and Carson's also picking up on Carolyn and Franny's closeness and sort of like being astute to that. And they're like, well, we got to leave Carolyn out of this because we can't tell Carolyn we're going for Franny because then she'll, you know, which is true. But like, this trend of leaving Carolyn out of the vote is getting annoying. It's going to bite somebody in the ass. Yeah. And it's, it's Carolyn, because Car- Carolyn still has her immunity idol. Yeah. So, so I am excited for it. at some point. She's going to get fed up with this. Well, and the then last she's going to like derail their entire like the, plan to get somebody out. The last time this happened, like it didn't work well for them. And Carolyn like was able so like, yeah, I'm, that's my hope. Um, but they're like, we got to leave Carolyn out of the vote. So this is when also then Danny goes up to Heidi and Danny's like, everyone wants Franny and Heidi just in conversation, like, okay, so who's everyone. And then immediately Danny goes, look, we don't even need you as a number. And I was like, motherfucker. What? (laughs) That's so rude. (laughs) And even Heidi's face is like, excuse me. (laughs) Like, you could tell that, that, the mama in her jumped out and almost backhanded him in, across that jungle. And, he's, and then he's like, well, obviously you're, you're my number one. If you want to win, you got to do it. So I'm like, okay, so Danny's got to go. So he does that. And then Heidi doesn't do anything to make sure that everybody's still set on Danny going home. Well, she, she starts the process, but seemingly doesn't finish it, which is confusing to me. So, like, Heidi's, like, Heidi first off says, like, look, I'm going to bring my idol to tribal. Like, you know, yeah. I, depending on, you know, how things go. And then Heidi then takes this info to Carson and Carolyn, basically telling what Danny told her about being like, you don't even, we don't even need you as a number or whatever. I love Carolyn. Carolyn is like, that, really? He would say, he said that to you? And he's like, I feel, she's like, I feel left out if Danny's going around saying that he has the votes. He, cause clearly he's not telling me what the plan is. So, you know. So then they should have then made the plan to go after Danny at that, but they never do anything with it. But also Carolyn's like, I don't know if I believe Heidi. She's willing to like, like, she's like, I feel like Heidi and her are working together, but I also don't believe her. Well, I can understand why she's like, I have two conflicting stories. I don't know which one is true. Yeah. But then Carolyn, so then Carolyn goes up to all the other girls except Heidi, right? And it's basically like, okay, are we really going to let Danny control another vote in this game? Like multiple. And I'm like, yes, finally, let's like get this together. And like Franny's like, I think Danny's cooking up something. And, and, but also again, it's like, but I also think Heidi's lying. And then Lauren then suggests, what if we take out Heidi? And I'm like, what? Why Heidi? Like, what? like, like, no, back to Danny. Go back to Danny. 
<laughs> that was a good plan. We can all get behind that one. Let's just get rid of him. Yeah. Don't even have to wait till tribal. Shove him off a rock. We've seen that works. It's like, <laughs> and Carolyn's like, this is the move. We're going to get Heidi out. I'm like, no. Like, you were planning on Danny at the sanctuary. Now you've had someone bring information to you where you know that Danny is like, you know. Like, why not zero in? Why uh, This would have been such an easy vote. Yeah. And then Carolyn basically brings it to Carson, and Carson's kind of unsure of this. There was also a moment where, like, they're all scrambling and, like, doing stuff. And, like, Carolyn and Heidi are looking at each other sort of like, like we're on the same page. And Carolyn does this, like, big tooth smile of, like, like. Basically pulls her top lip up <laughs> as high as it will go, exposes, puts her top teeth on her bottom lip and then sticks her tongue out between them yeah I'm, i literally just put in all capital letters why is no one suggesting danny how did danny come out of this unscathed i don't <sighs> i don't understand it we go to tribal council um i, I will say danny danny was kind of doing a really good job of framing franny in terms of like her challenge wins and being like, you know, the legends in this game, like Rob and, and poverty and, you know, it's going down the line of like, like he was very much narrative setting Franny's story to where like, it was like putting a target on her. I actually thought he did a good job of that. Yes. But I love how all the people that he named literally did not win their first season. Sure. <laughs> like they had to come back to win. Yeah, that's fair. There's this whole big discussion. I don't even remember what this was, but this whole big discussion about full tilt boogie is the name of the episode. But like, I, I feel like Jeff just got out on this weird word thing. Somebody probably said it in the corporate office. And he <laughs> I saw a great tweet that was like, this whole full tilt boogie discussion feels like if somebody put a survivor tribal council discussion in chat GPT. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, um jamie then again oh this was so great so jamie then is like okay so just so everyone's here i'm gonna retell the what happened with my idol and lays out the whole story and it's like and kane has my idol and, kane, and because kane left i no longer have my idol and then kane no sells it in the in the he's like i'm jury. not giving them anything i'm not giving them any reaction to give them any indication i was like what did Jamie do to you <laughs> like, but also like they're not supposed they're, to they're not supposed to say words but, but like, they're they're not supposed to communicate, really. Yeah, it's. I thought that, but like, mm, I thought that was interesting. Um, oh, and then this is where we get the line that I hated last week in the preview, where Jamie's basically like, you know, they're doing the whole like, yeah, everything changes every week. You know, it's you know, new. It's a new game every every week, and it's what I love about this new era. She literally says, "It's what I love about this new era of Survivor. The era of alliances is over." That's not a good thing, Jamie. You were like, stop. Like, when like she was it's saying not this, necessarily a bad thing, but when we don't have anything to replace the alliance structure, like, because all that we have now is pure chaos. Yeah. Like, I wish that. You know what alliances do a good job of? Helping the viewer follow along. But, I mean, I understand because alliances have protected people long after they should have been gone sure but it's not like we have that not happening now because we still have danny here like fucking what's his name one last season and he should not have even been at the end oh yeah gabler gabler like how the hell did he get to the end i have no clue um 
So I just, I don't understand how people think this is a better game now. It didn't fix the issues that we had with alliances. No, no. And yeah. And then Heidi is also reiterating like the, how quick the game is. And she says like, you know, you say the wrong thing and you can go home. And I was like, foreshadowing. But it doesn't end up. Uh, yeah. Before. I was. They were. That was very much a like. You're basically telling me Heidi's going home. Um. But she doesn't. Um. Franny ends up getting voted out. Um. Nobody plays any idols. Um. Or anything. I'm honestly so surprised nobody played an idol because there there was. Yeah. If I didn't understand the structure. So, With all of these advantages running around, nobody wants to let go of theirs. Yeah. It's like. Play something, goddammit. Like, what are, what are you getting handed these idols and things for if they're just going to go home in your fucking pockets? It's really almost just an intimidation tactic at this point, but that's not as fun. Like, I don't know. Um, Franny gets voted out. I love that she I mean, gets voted out. It's like, Carolyn, I have your belt. And it gives her her belt, which I thought was funny. <laughs> it reminded me very much of... Can I have your sweater? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What season? Natalie, Natalie, that. can I? <laughs> it was... No? Okay. It was so good. Um, the vote breakdown. So uh, Franny got uh, five votes. Yam Yam, Danny, Jamie, Lauren, and Carson. Two votes for Heidi went from Franny and Carolyn. And uh, the one vote uh, for Danny was Heidi, which th- that's where I'm like, Heidi, you'd started the process of getting Danny out, but you didn't finish it. Like you didn't organize at all to like get the people together. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know what that was. Um, but like, and then Carolyn obviously voting for Heidi gets left out of the vote from everyone else. And based on the preview for next week, Carolyn's pissed. <laughs> oh, especially with Carson and Jam Jam. Yeah. Like she literally is chewing them out. And rightfully so. Yeah. Good for her. Um, so I don't know. I think Carolyn's still my pick to win. Clearly, Franny's not going to be in the top three. No. Um, uh, Carson's kind of I redeeming g- himself in my eyes. I wouldn't mind seeing Carson uh, make it to the finals at the end of the day. Danny needs to go. But Danny's got to go or he's going to end up winning this damn thing. I, I've, I've, I, that's my fear. Or he's going to... I could see Danny making it to the end and being the one that's sort of like overconfidently thinking that he's got this and then Carolyn wiping him out in the, in the speech. Maybe. I don't know if Danny can weave the speech. I feel like he, based off of what right. we've been seeing these last few episodes, I have a feeling he'll, he'll come off very obnoxious in the speech. It doesn't matter. If Danny's on the jury, he's going to be bitter. Oh, for sure. So... Whoever sends him home needs to be in the jury with him. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, so, and we're down to seven, eight? Yeah, we still have Carolyn, Jam Jam, Carson, Lauren, Danny, Heidi, and Jamie. Um, Two Tika, two Ratu, and three Soka. Yeah, so things are shaping out pretty well uh, on the season of Survivor. We've been enjoying it. Um, yeah. Well, three Tika. I'm sorry, because I'm looking at where they moved to after right, right, they right, did right, that right. tribe slip. So it's really um, t- three Tika, two, two Ratu, and two Soka. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how everything turns out. Rooting for Carolyn. Yep, I'm rooting sure. for Carolyn. Still trying to root for Heidi if she can get her shit together. <laughs> um, and probably Jamie is a goat. Yeah. I'd like to see the final three be all women. 
I'd like to see Lauren up there if we can have more room for her. Um, but you know, I, I'd be ha- the only two right now that I'm not happy with being in the final three would be at this point Jam Jam and and Danny. Oh, I could maybe still I don't, see Jam Jam. He started to piss me off here lately. It's just like he's. I don't like how quick he is to turn on Carolyn. That's true. For no good reason. They like, she's acting... been super loyal to him, and he's just not. Well, again, they keep thinking, like, well, Carolyn's a crazy person, so she's going to run around and tell everyone the plans. Bitch, she's, when has she done that? She's never done that, really, for the most part. Like, I maybe Carson's once. done that more than anybody else on this show. That's the first. Like, literally, Carson's done it the most. He's done it, like, three times. Yeah. It's frustrating. Team Carolyn. Rooting, on, rooting for you. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are talking the latest episode of Vanderpump Rules. And oh my God, it is a doozy. It's always a doozy. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at survivorsknow.threadless.com. That's survivorsknow.threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com. Welcome back to a gay and his NB. Let's head on over to West Hollywood and talk Vanderpump Rules. Um, spoiler alert for people who haven't, uh, uh, you know, new change of events. Tom Sandoval's an asshole. Yeah, that's a really new event. We've <laughs> not known about that in the past. And uh, that's just the revelation that we've had this week. I think I'd said it last week where like, like if this thing still didn't broke, he's an asshole. He's still like, mm. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, um, they're all well. Ariana, uh, Tom Sandoval, Schwartz, and Raquel are driving to uh, Kuyama, which is, I guess, like a ranch area, like spot, because they're going glamping. 
for Raquel's birthday. You know, instead of opening that uh, restaurant oh that my, you need to open. What? They literally keep, compl- like, we spent how many episodes being like, we need to open, we need to open, we need to open. Let's go on this glamping trip. This what are is, you doing? This is why they kept pushing back the opening of their restaurant from early spring, which was the original intended date, to November 1st. Like, I get, like... I'll give you a wedding like the like Sheena's wedding. It was a destination wedding. You're in the wedding. I get it. You know, whatever. Do I think you maybe should have cut out the first day or two? Yes. But I also am like, okay, maybe you've already put all this money down. Fine. I get it. I understand. But like this. Yeah. You could have had a party in the backyard with the camp. But like. Or with the uh, tent. But he needed him on. Well, they needed the trip to. And I know this word gets used a lot and in, in, in falsely in terms of our community. Sandoval needed the time to groom Raquel because that's yeah. what this trip was. Like, like I, I listened to, um, uh, we listened to this podcast called She Speaks Bravo, and they laid it out perfectly about like, this also is really predatory, what Sandoval is doing. Yeah. Like, not to mention the fact that he is 40, and at the time of this, like, she just turned 28. Yeah. Also, let's not forget that she was 22 when she got on this show. Yeah. When the show started, she was 17. I don't like, like it. Honestly, like, honestly, I have a very st- strong opinion on where our laws should be in terms of who's allowed to date who. And honestly... This feels icky. No, it's it's really gross. Lisa is like calling them to to you know and say, oh, have fun and all that stuff. Sandoval's like, Lisa, we'd love for you to be there. You can share a bed with Ariana and I. Stop making jokes. I'm Ew. sick of his jokes. I'm 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 over it. I am so fucking over it. Because all he's doing is making these jokes so that when somebody brings it up as something serious later, it's like, no, I'm joking about it. <laughs> Laugh <Clearly>. funny. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> literally, he is ha ha laugh funnying this whole situation. It's like you can't just joke about something that you actually did as if you didn't do it. And then when people bring it up later, you're like, no, see, I was joking. So it can't be real. Yeah. Um, Brock and Sheena also arrive as when they get there. Um, and Sheena's like, I have never gone camping in my life. You know, and like, I hope there's better be air conditioning, like doing the full Sheena. Um, th- th- we see, uh, I guess the couple that owns this ranch is Nate and Ricky. They're a gay couple. They're very clearly gay. <laughs> There's one moment later where they're, they're having dinner and Nate just walks in and goes, Hey bitches, it's dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that. The, those TikTok gays that you follow that like go yeah. to the restaurant. Hey besties, <laughs> it's Dakota. <laughs> and four to drink <laughs> with, a, uh, with a side of homemade ranch <laughs> we'll get to that later um nate basically gives them a tour of the place and they're sleeping in yurts <laughs> okay which like it's fine is this i mean i guess it is is glamping just when you have beds glamping is when it's not Tents with a sleeping bag. Yeah. Well, so, there's no like, sleeping bags. They have actual beds in the yurts, but. But yeah, it's basically, it, it's something above like tent plus sleeping bag. Yeah. So whatever that is. And Brock is like, Raquel, this is like a real life Animal Crossing, which, which anyone can play Animal Crossing. I, again, there was sort of like this, like, 
Raquel's plays this whole season and really most of the time around the show, like this like dumb girl, like young, like so it, that's why it, also it makes the whole Sandoval thing, like we were mentioning, yeah. like, even worse. Yeah. Or, um, so they're talking. Schwartz is like, "Oh, is there an outhouse?" Like, and Sandoval's like, "Yeah, there's an outhouse, so you can just pee anywhere." And Schwartz to me is like, "Anywhere." I forgot early in the season we find out he pees off of his porch. Yeah, just for no reason. And and not just like his porch at home, also at Schwartz and Sandy's. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like he literally makes a comment at the restaurant, like, "No, I pee over there." What? Yeah. Health code violation. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a choice. Oh, um, they start there. They have like a little petting zoo with like pigs and turkeys and sort of stuff like that. Um, and they're they're smashing these pumpkins to feed the pigs. Um, you know, fine. I was so over this camping. I'm sorry. Like we had posted about it already. Like there was something so icky about this whole trip to where I was just like, I really just want to move on. Like just, I, I, I was at the point where I was like, I'm fine watching Lala, Katie and Christina in bathrobes, just talking shit with each other for like, I, instead of seeing this cringy fucking, like, you know, trying to give Raquel her sob story. Like, like I'm just, I'm so sick of watching Sandoval and Raquel and Schwartz gaslight Ariana and everybody else. I'm so sick of it. Because Ariana so wants things to just be peaceful, and she just goes with things, and it's yeah. it's it's so gross to watch it, and it's, it's I mean sad. I would still watch it, but like it's it's real sad, and it's real just like I don't this is gross. In the this past episodes, in, like in the past episodes, I've been like Tom's a dick, and like Raquel's a dick, but like this was the first like this episode where it was kind of like sort of like came full circle with me was like. I felt so bad for Ariana. Yeah. Like there, like, well, but she hasn't been, she hasn't spent a lot of time on the screen recently. Yeah. You know, she, this is the first episode. She's been where out of town and all of that This is the first stuff. episode we're seeing like the real effects of it on her. Yeah. And that I think is like, I think that's why it hit home so hard. So we go to Lala's new office um, and Lala and James wrote this scene. Come on office. Yeah. For give them Lala. Um, and she t- talks about how she's doing a photo shoot later with Katie and Christina for her new bathrobes and that. Um, and James is like, yeah, my you know beach party obviously didn't go well. And Lala, <laughs> Lala's like, you know, I didn't love you throwing the drink on Schwartz, but I did delight in seeing him being like embarrassed at the end of the day, <laughs> which that's where I was. Yeah. Like, you know, we talked about that. So then this is where things, this is where the puzzle pieces start coming together. And Lala is like, I say, I saw, I saw something. I'm going to say something. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so Lala brings up like, so yeah, James, so you know that Raquel slept at Sandoval's after the beach party, right? And James is like, what? And she's like, yeah, Katie told me. And so then we get this, this editing where it's a lot of like rewind, like, like. I was so frustrated with it. The, and they, I think they did this because of the way that Lala told the story. Yeah. It's like, bitch, you started at the end. Start at the beginning, motherfucker. Well, like, what also, are you doing? Well, they kind of, yeah, they kind of had to as well because of the way the scenes were laid out and they couldn't show the whole scenes. And this is what, clearly a case of like, we can't show the whole them walking in that like we clearly they filmed it as if they were going to show this whole thing of Katie and Vanderbilt making sandwiches. But like, yeah. They're like, we don't have the time, so, like, we got to... But I thought it was a creative way to sort of, like, 
follow everything. So she, Lala's narrating o- over all of this. And she basically like, so Katie was over at Villa Rosa working on sandwiches with Lisa. And they were trying out new sandwiches for the sandwich shop. And then she's like, when Ken then walks in and drops the mother of all bombs. And <laughs> Ken uh, Todd, little- the messy bitch that he is. <laughs> just, like, I just literally walks in. I, maybe there was a little bit beforehand, but the way it just rewinds and cuts to Ken just going up and, to Lisa and going, I cannot believe that Tom Sandoval had Raquel over at the house when Ariana was away and they were, and they were in the j- jacuzzi. <laughs> it was very much a, is this the line you told me to tell? Okay, great. And Am I like, done now? Can I go back and sit down and sip my tea? <laughs> he's a, and, he's like, and she stayed the night now, didn't she? And Katie's like, what? And Ken is just like, bye, and walks away. <laughs> this is... Messy so, bitch. <laughs> this scene, by the way, to talk a little bit, this scene has also gotten the fucking conspiracy theorist, theorist out on social media. There are so many people that now think this whole Sandoval thing is, Scandoval thing is fake. Which, it's like, why? Like, one, you... It just... Like, well... It tells me you don't know anything about how reality TV works. Yes, scenes can be like set in certain ways. And we've that, definitely seen Sandoval try to orchestrate some shit. Right. But like But that but there's a difference between what Sandoval's doing and what like like yes, you have to set a scene where Ken has to come in and tell him tell what Lisa said to where then Lisa can tell Katie. Like but that's not like that doesn't mean it's fake. All they're doing is setting it up so it makes sense on camera. Yeah, like I remember when the um, uh, Sheena's makeup artist or whatever for her wedding was like doing interviews and being like, "Well, the producers at one point told us to leave the table we were sitting at so Raquel and, and Schwartz could sit at this table, which is the table where they made out at." Yeah, and it's like, okay, but that doesn't mean they told them to make out. They're right. just like Raquel and Schwartz are going to have a conversation. Let's put them at this table. Let's get these cameras here. That's all that is. Right, because that was the table that had the most room around it for cameras. It's the one that had the best backdrop. Right. It, like, the lighting was better there. Of course that's what And you have doing. to also think in, like, any other scenario, like, what, like, if Lisa got this information, she would just call Katie or do whatever. But that's not how a reality show functions. Right. Like, someone pointed out, I forgot who, but it was like, when the whole Kristen Jack stuff was happening in season two, Stassi found out about that off camera. Right. But she waited to have a lunch with Christina and Katie to tell them on camera. Right. Because that's how you function and move a story and, and et cetera. This idea that people think this whole thing is fake for ratings, like the idea that Sandoval won would let him look like this terrible. Like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, take the tinfoil hats off, guys. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not that crazy. Um, so, we find out that, because that, Katie's like, how does Ken know all this? Also, congratulations. You have been successfully gaslit by Sandoval because he wants you to believe it's all fake. A hundred percent. Trust. Uh, yeah. We'll get into it. Um, so, Lisa is like, well, I told, I told Ken. And then, you know, because what happened at Sir. And then so we fast forward to uh, rewind to Sir. And Lisa was doing a tasting menu, a menu tasting or whatever. And with with like just Charlie and Raquel, which I thought was odd. Um, that's the only thing where I was it like, wasn't it wasn't just Charlie. There was a table full of people. Yeah, it was like the exact it was like the owners. And mm. then like, well, they they probably are like 
team leads or something sure. of like the servers. That may that would make sense. Sure. But Raquel basically shows up for this an hour and a half late. And and she just walks in like, hi. And Lisa's like, sit down, whatever. Like, you're late. Like, what, why are you late? And she's like, you know, yeah, I just had a late night last night. You know, I got really drunk and hung out and I was hung over, slept through, you know. Yeah, and basically, I was over at Sandoval's house and we were all in the jacuzzi together, me, him, and Schwartz. You know, and 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 Lisa's she drops a lot more detail here than is needed. Well, that's the thing. Like, she's an idiot. First off, it's like I don't think so. We'll get to it. Okay, so you have a theory. Uh huh. Um. So and she and Lisa's like, where did you sleep? I was like, I, she's like, I slept at Sandoval's house on on the couch. And Lisa's like, really, girl? And Raquel's like, nothing happened though. And Lisa's like, like that's not okay. Like. But also, why would you act like that's the assumption? Yeah. Yeah. Why would the assumption be that you've slept with Sandoval? The assumption would be that you had slept with Schwartz, which is why I think she's dropping this information, because we see Sandoval do the same thing in a second with James, telling him just a little bit too much information and then trying to, to performatively backtrack. Right. I think the the plan was drop just enough hints to where it looks like you hooked up with San or with, with Schwartz. Schwartz at Sandoval's house. Yeah. So that way it gives everyone cover. And this is just more evidence that Schwartz was in on it from the wedding. Yep. I will give him everything before the wedding, but the second the weapon the wedding happens and we know he caught them at the at the wedding or in late August is what he says. Everything from there on out, he's, in he's on actively it. participating. Yeah, I fully agree. And so Lala's like, so Lisa knows when she smells bullshit when she smells it. So she immediately, after the tasting is done and everyone leaves, she calls Sandoval. And Sandoval's in the car with Schwartz. And they're FaceTiming. Um, and LVP's like, you know, Raquel just showed up here an hour and a half late looking like a bag of shit. And the Toms are laughing in the FaceTime. That's what I mean. Why would they be laughing? Why would they be laughing unless they were like trying to pl- like think about it? These two know what's happening. So if they had just been caught, yeah, they wouldn't be laughing. But if they were trying to laugh about the whole Schwartz and Raquel thing, then they would be laughing. Yeah. That's why I, I think this was all orchestrated. That's a, yeah. I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong on that theory. Yeah. So he's like, you know, we just hung out for a little bit. She literally dipped out. This phrase keeps coming out. She like, she basically, so like, and at one point, like, well, no. And then Sandoval says, I don't know. Like, actually she left early. He says she left early, by the way. Yeah, he... mm. Yeah, and then they go back to LVP and Katie. She's like, he kept saying dipped out. And Katie's like, dipped out means she left. And LVP's like, no, she didn't leave. Cut back. LVP's like, so she didn't stay the night? And Sandoval goes, I mean, I said she dipped out, which is true. Fun fact, if somebody is telling you, like trying to tell you a story of something... And then you, you ask them, like, follow-up questions, and they, they say, I say this, which is true. That means they're lying. Pretty much. No one says which is true to, like, like 
unless they're lying about the other stuff. Right. Like, or, or there, or there, I also think there is a lot of lying by omission that's Uh happening as well. That has happened since season one. Yeah. With the men on this show. Yeah. So, and then Sandoval eventually admits that she stayed the night. And then Sandoval goes, dude, I have people crash at my house all the time. And LVP is like, stop calling me dude. He, he, and then he immediately calls her dude again. And she goes, I am not dude. And I'm with her. I'm not this big on like age sort of thing. But like. But I'm. And I'm also not big on like. I, I'm fully like feel like dude is a gender neutral term in it's most cases. It's not about cases. gender. It's not about gender. I would not it's call. It's about a familiarity. I would not call either of my parents, whether my, it be my mom or my dad, I would never call them dude. Yeah. And it's not, and that's my parents, but also any parental figures in right. my life. I would never call dude. It's, it's really disrespectful, honestly. And you know, cause he, well, cause he says like, I have people crash on my house all the time. And she goes, she's not people Sandoval, your wife's away. And she's a beautiful single girl. And then, then that's when Sandoval goes, I'm just over this whole Raquel and Schwartz thing. Immediately gets angry, immediately starts yelling at LVP, at LV fucking P. But then pin it, but like I said, pinning it on this, like, I feel like either, either what you're, what you just laid out is what happened, or he tried to lie in the beginning, got tripped up on his own lie, and then defaulted to the classic of what he's been doing, which is like, we just did it to fu- to f- to stick it to the man, quote unquote, and like stick it to Katie. Yeah, and it's like that's not good. Why does he keep thinking like I can shit on Katie and that's an excuse? Whatever. Because he's had ten years of never having to answer to anything or anybody. Yeah, he has gotten away with this bullshit, and he thinks he's going to get away with it again. Spoiler alert: got- He's not. He is going to have to finally fucking. Write that check. Yeah. So then we cut back to James and Lala, and James now introduces the information he knows. So he says that he went out with Sandoval to this, like, members-only marijuana lounge, right? Um, and then he told James, basically... Which is such a pretentious thing, by the way. Of course fucking Sandoval has a members-only... Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So he, James then talks about, like, you know, he says, okay, we were hanging out in the jacuzzi, and then she dipped out. He uses the phrase uh-huh. dip out again, which by all account, like would mean she left. Right. But he's manipulating that phrase. So, and then it cuts to in this conversation, 116 seconds later. And then he goes, you know, and Schwartz and Raquel spent the night and James is like, wait, what? I thought you just said she left. And then Sandoval goes, no, I mean, she dipped out and went to bed. She literally went into my room, not my room. I mean, I mean my guest room or whatever. Uh-huh. See, that's when I think he actually slept. That's the only time that I think he actually slept. I think everything else was planned. Uh, that was so bad. It was so like, and James is just like, okay. They cut back to Lala and, and Lala's like, <laughs> Lala says, go take your degenerate ass <laughs> elsewhere. I'm watching you. You're a fucking mess. And then Lala then brings up what we talked about last week, which was this Labor Day barbecue. Um, and Sandoval not leaving the party when Ariana called about her grandmother. I love that also Lala brings up this Labor Day party, and they do the rewind thing again, and the first thing we see back from the rewind is just Lala twerking. (laughs) (laughs) And then Lala also then brought this up later to Lisa and Katie at Sir. 
Well, and they also have like sinister music behind it. So that's kind of also what made the twerking that much more hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, And Lala's like, Ariana was calling, furious. He said, okay, I'll come home right now. And he didn't leave for another two hours. And Raquel was there. And so Lala's like, with this, with the barbecue thing, with him, Raquel staying at at her house, with the, all the stuff that's coming out about them dancing at the Abbey, there's only one logical conclusion, and it's that Sandoval has a thing for Raquel. And Lala explicitly says it. And then Lala says, and, you know, Raquel has a little too much to drink, and I literally went, oh, my God, if only. If only. Lala thinks that Sandoval's pursuing Raquel, and Raquel is sort of like, like a this vi- innocent victim, like victim in this. Absolutely not. And it's like, oh, no, she's not an innocent victim. She's a part of this. And, like... We won't. We we can't. We can't talk about the the finale trailer that came out. Oh, but it was so good. Raquel, oh, it was so good. Raquel is evil. I, I'm fully on the camp that Raquel is evil. Um, and so Lala's like, you know, the last time he talked about someone like this, like he talks about Raquel, was when he was talking about Ariana when he was still with Kristen. Right. So, and then Lala's like, Lala says like, I don't think Tom and Ariana like the spotlight on their relationship. And James is like, you know, I wonder if the distance just works for them. And Lala's like, shut the fuck up. No, the, you know, like, and Lala's like this, I'm, I'm, I see this and I'm going to say something like I, I'm, you know, she's like, I'm not letting the bone go essentially. Good on her. La, la, I love Lala this episode. Love Lala this season. Like, yeah, we'll get to it later. We go back to the glamping trip. Raquel's forgot her makeup bag or whatever. Uh, she then gives a toast to everyone, to good vi- good friends and good vibes. She can suddenly toast now. Um, and then we get to... Oh, right. Because last year she had, like, she almost had a mental breakdown. Merlin, she got her confidence back. <laughs> she got something new. Yeah. And, oh, Raquel in her confessional. These are my true core people these are my forever friends these are the people looking out for me that believe in me (sighs) sheena asks ariana about the funeral and and that and ariana basically like get tears up again is like you know i miss her i wish i could still talk to her and her confessional she's like i'm not well i'm really barely hanging on to be honest and sandoval does like like wipes his face as if there are tears coming, but there's nothing. He's dry. Not a damn thing. Dry as the fucking Sahara. Like, ugh. Mm. Uh, Ariana then asks, like, so did anything happen while I was out of town? And then they talk about the whole thing of Raquel sleeping over. And then we find out that not only did, like, like the Toms also explicitly lied to Brock about it. Yeah. They're, they show them, like, playing basketball or whatever, and th- they... Not even the dipped out bullshit. He explicitly like says like, "Yeah, Raquel left." Which no, the, and and but then but he's like, you know, Sandoval's like, you know, on the heels of everything and the whole Katie spreading the whole open relationship stuff. You know, I thought we had to just not tell them that part. Oh, so that makes it okay. Why does he think we would believe him now? He's just. Because he's not only lying, he's admitting to lying and being like, oh, but, you know, can you blame me? But, like, it just, it proves even more that he, during the season, 
fully thought he was completely going to get away with this Mm -hmm. and would be able to break up with Ariana after the season was done airing and take care of all of this in the background because he saw what happened with Schwartz and Katie and was like, oh, well, there was a little bit of mess online, but like they didn't really have to answer for anything. Yep. And that's what he wanted. He wanted to be able to break that off and start things with and Raquel not only th- and, not, and only, not have to answer not for Not only did they not have to answer for anything, Sandoval and Schwartz then get to try to push their narrative over what happened in the relationship and how it's all Katie's fault. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they all start laughing about like uh, Brock being like, oh, you just made it worse for yourself. And they're like, oh, we so made it worse for ourselves. Isn't it funny? And Fuck every- off. This is why they get away with this shit. Like it's it's uh. we go to uh, the uh, photo shoot that Lala's doing for her bathrobes and that and Lala talks about being really proud of her business and and that it's basically providing for her daughter and that um, they all sit down after the photo shoot. Um, Christina basically asked how the Dawn and Satchel thought of the beach party and everything that happened. And Katie was like, it was kind of was traumatizing for Satchel. And he's like, he didn't understand why everyone was so mean to me, essentially, which upsets me a little bit because it's like well then why didn't you go hey guys maybe lay off yeah we we talked about it last week how he should have spoken up a little bit more and yeah but i mean i get it he's new but like still yeah and christina's like i think what was said was so disgusting by other guys and i feel and she said it perfectly she's like i feel like they probably wake up in the morning and think and they don't wake up in the morning and think maybe i shouldn't have said that no and she's right that would require them to have a conscience yeah you know, and, and Katie's like, I, I just can't with Tom also like yelling at me about trying to claim that I'm spreading around a rumor that like they have an open relationship, which I didn't. And Lala, but the, then Lala goes, OK, but it's not that far fetched. <laughs> and Katie's like, no, but I never even said it, though. Like, right. You know, but Lala's like, no, let's engage it. And then she brings up the whole car hookup thing. And he's like, you know, if we were in a bedroom, he probably would have participated as well. Right. So, you know. And I get that. Also, wasn't he like super mad that they were doing that in the backseat and he wasn't able to engage? Right. But they asked for permission. Right. They, it wasn't a case of like, you know, like, but yeah. He was mad after the fact. Sure. Um, and Lala says in her confessional, look, I know better than anyone. When you have a friend and who's helping you through difficult times and then you add alcohol, you end up sitting on their face. <laughs> uh Christina then says that she's doing a uh, party at Tom Tom in like their garden area for her heart spring company, which is her like, like beauty. <laughs> what Charlie said a couple episodes ago, her lip balm company. <laughs> I mean, it did start as lip balm. Sure. She's, I guess that uh, fragrances or like toners and things like that. Yeah, face scrubs, all sorts of things. Um, and Katie's mom is in town and to help with some of the, something about her stuff and uh, that she's welcome to come. And Christina's like, it's really great seeing them, you know, all of us sort of have like our own like creative stuff that we're doing. And it's really women supporting women. And I'm like, you know, like. This is what the show needs to be going forward. But like, this is the team. Yeah. Like the dream team. Like it's like, this is, you guys are, I don't see how anyone could not be this team with all that's transpiring. And I was saying online, it is so fucking frustrating that if this this Scandival stuff didn't break in February, a lot of Sandoval's gaslighting probably would have worked on the audience. A lot of and it is they still would be the working villain. on the audience because a lot of people are still thinking they're the villains. Well, because there's also, there's also people that hate women. 
And, yeah. and that's what a lot of it is, to, in my opinion. Sorry. But, like, they would have been portrayed as the villains. Yeah. Been like, completely. You're, you're trying to, like, Katie's mad at Raquel, so she's trying to spread rumors about her. And Lala is mad that he, she called her a mistress, so they're trying to ruin her life, etc. That was Sandoval's goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the picture he was trying to paint. And it would have worked. If, if it weren't for those dastardly kids and their mutt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they go, but we go back to the glamping. Sheena's vlogging in the yurt. Oh, let me see the yurt. <laughs> That's by Sheena. Um, <laughs> okay, it's not that far off. <laughs> uh, she talks to Ariana about everything that happened in Beach Day, and and I wrote and what she thinks that Katie said, which is no. Yeah, she's basically again saying that like Katie's going around saying you have an open relationship, which is not what, which is not what happened. Next thing you know, she's gonna say you fucked half of New York. Yeah, there we go. Um, Ariane's like, I don't have that kind of relationship. I don't have a problem with other people. Like, I don't discriminate, but like, I don't, I, that's not what I have in my relationship. And we saw that Katie texted Ariana the day that I, I'm assuming after Sandoval yelled at her and was like, you know, I don't know how this got, you know, t- twisted. I'm not spreading rumors about you, et cetera. Ariana's like, I kind of believe it that Katie is only because I know Katie and Raquel have their issues and and stuff like that. But why would that blow back on Ariana, her business partner? That's what didn't, what I didn't understand. Why you would then go, yeah, I'm going to target the person I've got all this money wrapped up in. But the part of it, I think it's the gaslighting from Sandoval. Yeah. I think because Sandoval is framing it as like, they want to take down Raquel because they're jealous, mean girl bitches and they don't care who they hurt in their, in their way. Yeah. Yeah. And and this Ariana confess will be like, you know, Raquel is my friend, and I've always known her as being kind and sweet and loyal. And I was like, oh, no. It was everything that I could do not to just like get sick all over the floor when that happened. I was like, this this is nauseating. This yeah. is and not in like a you disgust me kind of thing, but like a gut punch kind of thing. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, they have dinner at the glamping uh, place. Uh, Raquel spills the homemade ranch and everyone's just like, Raquel, uh, really? <laughs> as, as if that would be the worst thing she does. <laughs> um, they all started eating. There was that moment also where Raquel's like, hey, Sandoval, you have this thing on your cheek, which I thought was... every. I, I saw a tweet to this effect and I, I share the, sim- the sentiment perfectly. Every time they catch each other's eyes, I just want to jump through the screen mm-hmm. and strangle them both. I, it's so disgusting. Um, Raquel like bites her lip or whatever on her food, and Schwartz and goes, "I mean, it's only going to exacerbate her taste for blood." And everyone's like, "Huh?" And she's like, "I don't want." And Schwartz goes, "I don't want to kill the vibe." But Raquel has a type. Brock, Tom, be careful tonight. And uh, Raquel goes, what type? And she goes, men. And he goes, men that are taken. And everyone's like, <laughs> uh, some people, some people are think that that think that that's Schwartz like sticking it to Tom. Think that I don't he's, know. Think that he's like doing that in such a way where Sandoval can't uh, we be ta- mad at him about it. We talked about last week when Schwartz said the whole I think she has a crush on someone else. It felt at like, that bagel place. Yeah, it felt like Tom it felt like Sandoval like Got, didn't like it. Yeah. He or he liked it. Yeah. He, he had a full smile on his face. Yeah. And that's that makes me think this is part of the scheme. Yeah. And I think he's in on it. Um and so they asked Ariana asked Raquel, you know, what's your peach and your pit of 27 meaning like your rose and your thorn. Yeah. 
And she's like, you know, I think both of it is breaking up with James, you know, I, but you know, obviously the bad parts, but also I found more confidence in myself, you know, and then she starts. Yeah, talking, you got real confident, mm-hmm, real bold. Um, she starts talking about their friendships and he's like, we've, this is the moment where she's like, we've created our own friendships. And, and that's then, super special to me. And she looked the way she, she looks. I fuck Sandoval across the table. It's really it's, gross. Ugh. And then Sandoval's just like, this was this, this. I didn't like this should have given me. I'm not blaming Ariana by any means. I think she's been gaslit and emotionally manipulated. But like, to me, this would put big red flags in my head. The way Sandoval's just like, you know, the way you just sort of come into your own and gain your confidence and the way you like showed up at Lala's birthday you're such a badass and he's like impassioned being like you've come into your own motherfucker and like slams his hand on the and it's like calm the fuck down that's where I'm just like all like this whole like last like five or six episodes it's like why are you so invested in Raquel yeah I just I don't get it this is not like a friend this is not like how you react with a friend it's not okay um, and so, oh, and then, so Sheena then get a text basically about Christina's event. And Raquel's like, I haven't gotten a text yet, so I'm probably not invited yet. And then Schwartz go, su- it suggests Raquel be his date. And, and then ev- everybody's like, oh, it's such a good idea. I fucking hate these people. And, uh, and Ariana laughs as well, which I think, I'm not saying, Ariana's I think lo- she's going along to get along at yeah, this point. Yeah, but it's just like. Because I think. Because she has been vocal about how she doesn't think that that's okay. That's true. Um, And I think she's just in a situation where she knows if she were to be vocal against it, it would be the, she would be the only person against everyone else there. And she just doesn't have the energy for it. Well, Sandoval would probably be yelling at her. Probably. And be like, ooh, Katie controls everything. Well, and she's also been going through a lot and just doesn't have anything left in the tank. Yeah. She's... So she doesn't have the energy to fight right now. Yeah. So Nate, Nate, the ranch owner is like, I love it. He literally goes, children, children, fire time. Like, <laughs> yes, please call them children. This is the perfect time to call them children. Um, Raquel's like, this says like, now that I'm 28, I'm going to get my shit together. Good job. Um, and re- then we get this Raquel sob story that I was so not fucking here for of like, you know, my parents want to know what I'm doing with my na- life now that I've aged out of pageants. You know, I really dreamed of being Miss California and being a role model for girls and women. So then I decided to blow that up. <laughs> huh. and, I, and, and I made sure every aspect of my life was consistent where I wasn't going to fuck up. Until now. And, and like... She's like, now that I've aged out of pageants, I don't have to worry so much about my reputation. So I'm throwing it into the gutter. Literally, like, <laughs> what? Also, you don't have to worry about your reputation because you're not in pageants? What the fuck? Like, because you sh- your reputation can get you disinvited from being part of that. But, like, we're not talking. Like, the problem is, even at this point, it's not just like, oh, I'm drinking a little too much or I'm having a little too much fun and the pageants wouldn't like it. You're already being an asshole. You're being an asshole to Katie. Yeah. Like, bl- like blatantly. So, like, your reputation's already impugned. 
So well, like, but that's that's what I mean. Like she's already out of the pageant world at this point. Yeah. So like she knows she's never going to be able to compete again. So now she doesn't have to keep up the Appearances. good girl shtick. Because honestly, I I believe fully that the what we've had of her the last six years has been bullshit. Oh, this is the real Raquel. Yeah. I was I was trepidatious for many weeks after this thing broke. I'm not in, not as much anymore. And then Ariana is like, you know, you are a big role model. Like, you leaving James and how strong you were, you are a big role model. And then Raquel starts crying, and Ariana hugs her. I'm so mad. It, it, I, I don't have the words for how mad I am. Um, and then apparently Ariana and, Sand- and Sandoval got her these, like, vintage Versace shades or whatever. Ugh. And then Schwartz goes like, oh, but I didn't, I didn't get her anything. I didn't know we were getting gifts. And Raquel goes, that's okay. You can give me a kiss. Assholes. I you are assholes. It. Hate it. Because it's all pageantry. Yeah. It's oh, all f- well, that explains it. Pageant queen. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. And Schwartz is just like. Well, not know, queen. She never won anything. Schwartz is just like, I found this so funny that like this, what we're having right now is like lighthearted banner. But with other people in my life, I'm being vilified. Oh my god, yeah. Look You're at your, vilified by your actions. Yeah. <laughs> your actions have made you a villain, sir. And then Schwartz immediately Schwartz, the only time this season, by the way, then has like a moment of conscience in the moment and is kind of like, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a good idea for you to go to Christina's party, actually, you know. And Sheena's like texting Christina to see if Raquel can go. And Raquel's like, yeah, I mean, like, I respect other people. No, you don't. Um, and Schwartz is like, you know, it just looks, it would look like we're making a statement. And it'll just kind of add more fuel to the fire. Like, a moment of actual, like, conscience by Schwartz of being like, I mean, it might make Katie feel a little bad. And then, and then imme- he immediately rips it to shreds, throws it at the bonfire. No. <laughs> well, he has this, mo- what, ha- that's, what actually happens is he has this moment and he's like, you know, we'll just add f- more fuel to the fire. Immediately, Sandoval, who gives a fuck, dude? Like yelling. And is like, you know, oh, Katie, Katie is the, you know, can be like, oh, I don't like you, so you can't go to this party. Oh, uh, you know, she's really entitled. And I was like, am I crazy? He's yelling at Katie for something she hasn't even done. And she's not even there. And he's mad at her. He is obsessed with her and it's insane. Well, I don't, the, this is the thing. Notice he steps in and gets angry on Schwartz's behalf. When Schwartz starts to have a conscience. Yeah. When has he done this in the past? Other times that Schwartz goes, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe Maybe I am being an asshole. I, I don't mean to like take the blame off of Schwartz for the no, end. because he's still taking the he's still choosing to be an asshole, right? But when you look at their marriage and why it ended, I I believe Sandoval played a big fucking role. Yeah, I, I hope to God for Schwartz's own sake that he is smart enough to eventually realize that. But I I guarantee you the way he's yelling at Schwartz here for just having a moment of conscience. Like, is exactly what he has done in the entire fucking marriage. Sandoval was right when he kicked in the bathroom door and said that Schwartz is a battered wife, but it wasn't Katie that was battering him. It was, it was Sandoval. Yeah. And then Christina then texted back Sheena and said that Raquel can come. And, Kate, and by the way, Katie doesn't, we don't see Katie mad at Christina for uh, inviting her. We don't see any, like, sort of, so, like, Sandoval literally was mad at Katie for nothing. Yep. 
And Sandoval, like, is so excited. He does, like, a Michael Jackson, like, the whole, like, you know, the Michael Jackson move where he kicks the one leg up and, like, it's like, oh, my God, dude. It's so fucking performative. They're all in the yurts with the galaxy light. I I am team fuck galaxy light now. Like I ma- used to think that I might want one just because it'd be pretty to put, no. Yeah, it's like, no. They've I, ruined it now. Yeah, they've, you've literally ruined the market. And Raquel cries. It's like, it's everything I wanted in my birthday. And they hug her and she, they dance. I was so glad we were past this. So then we go, um, Katie's at her apartment with her mom. Um, and, uh, you know, she's, her mom's going to help her sort of work on certain stuff with the sandwich shop and getting it up. And she's like, it's kind of a full circle moment because you used to work for me at, you know, our old, you know, restaurant and stuff like that. So. It was nice to see. I really love Katie's mom. Katie's mom has a moment later, which I love, by the yeah. way. Um, and then we see Lala going for a walk with her mom. <laughs> and I love her being like, you know, I'm still talking to that guy I bumped peepees with. And she's <laughs> Lala's like, yeah, you were telling, or Lala's mom is like, yeah, you were telling me that. I was like, la, 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 la. And Lala goes, that's what he does, too. And I was like, oh, my, <laughs> oh my God. God. I missed this. Yeah. <laughs> We then go to James and Allie's apartment, and uh, their cat, Mr. Banks, is getting his cone off um, and all that. Um, James apologizes to Allie for everything that happened at the beach day and for embarrassing her. And Allie's like, look, you just embarrassed yourself. I love her so much. Yeah. And Allie's like, look, there's clearly still anger there. And James is like, I disagree. I don't think there's anger. And, And Allie's like, okay, but you know that by saying that, when you do stuff like that, like, it's confusing. Yeah. Like, it seems like you're still mad. And James says uh, that it's less about Raquel and more that he feels like he's losing his friends in this friend group, which I thought was interesting because it, it made me think like, okay, him and Katie actually kind of are in the same position in certain ways. Yeah. Like, cause that's what Katie expressed earlier in the season about like not wanting to split the friend group because then no one would be her friends. Right. Well, and you've got to figure he's already been through this too. Yeah. He did, like, because Katie was on Watch What Happens Live this week after the episode. Uh, and she, or not Katie, uh, Kristen. Kristen Doty. And uh, Kristen was talking about, you know, after everything with James, like, I had to go through, like, some being on the outs in this friend group. And so did James. Yeah. James was, like, ostracized in this friend group. And so was Kristen. But he's already been through being the outsider. He's yeah. already been through being the person that everybody sided against. Which I also really, it makes me really like the friendship with him and Katie that's forming. Yeah. It might be become convenience because they have the same enemy at this point. Right. But I find it really interesting because they used to hate each other. And right. Because they had the whole, you know, that sort of issue. And I, you were talking about how this kind of shows that Ali might actually be the right person for james in the long run i'm starting to question like i'm thinking like maybe she is the right one because she's so far gotten him to be more introspective than he's ever been on the show yeah and she's pulled some thoughts out of him that i don't know that he would have been able to get to before and she holds him accountable for his shit while also like holding space for him to heal yeah yeah like she's She's great. I love Allie. Yeah, she needs to be full-time, like, full, fully. Um, we go to Christina's event that's at TomTom, and they're setting up, and, and everyone's sort of filing in. So Katie, Lala, and Katie's mom are sort of sitting together, and then Schwartz comes up, and then I basically asks them if they want anything to drink. And you were like, I mean, it's his bar. Yeah. And I get that. 
But uh, with everything we've seen over the episodes, it's like, again, Swartz trying to get in Katie's space and like sort of. Right. And Katie's just like, it's fine. Like, like again, no selling him. Um, and that, and Schwartz goes in Schwartz's world, we would sit down. They would call me a dirty little slut and we would have some laughs. guess I have to sit in the doghouse for now. That speaks to something though, Schwartz, that you think that you hurt someone and they're just supposed to like, jo- you know, you know, Jones you a little bit and la- and then they laugh, you guys laugh about it and then you move on. Also, I, I pointed out when we were watching this, you're not in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. You have been dropped off at the pound. You no longer <laughs> live here. This is not your yard. Yep. This is not your, like, you've been rehomed, motherfucker. You don't live here. Stop peeing on the bushes. You are trespassing. You are trespassing in this yard. You are not coming back in the house. Stop it. Yeah. Um, you know, Lala asks Katie, like, can you get to a place where you can be like, it's all good and just keep your distance? And Katie's like, yeah, when he apologizes. And it's really that simple. That's all she's ever wanted from him is for him to take accountability. Yeah. Uh, so Sandoval, Ariana and Raquel then all arrive together. And Lala's like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, she literally is like, I feel like I just took a hit of acid. <laughs> <laughs> and this was, I was saying earlier. So Raquel, like, goes up to Katie and Terry, Katie's mom, and is like, hi. And, and, and um, uh, Terry's like, hi. <laughs> and Katie's like, hi. Terry. Terry don't fuck with her from Vegas. Terry doesn't even make eye contact with Raquel. She stares off forward. That's a good mom. Yeah. I love Terry. Terry's like, oh, you don't fuck with her? I don't fuck with her either. Like, like she was already upset with her back in Vegas before everything happened with Schwartz, and it was just like, talk about it. Yeah. But then, like, after the fact, after Mexico, nah, fuck you. And the fact that Katie uh, Raquel goes on allegedly after this, tri- like, after the Vegas trip to go to Sheena and them and be like, Katie's mom was mean to me. And, like, you know, they set me up. Like, shut up. Um, Lala tells them like I used to look at Raquel as a sweet human being but now every time I'm in the room with her it's like she's trying to steal my st- steal my soul it's like she's a very stupid demon <laughs> that was great um, so Ariana then pulls Katie aside to chat about everything um, and I, they cut to also James and Allie like at like Christina's table with all her stuff. And James is like smelling her lip balm, but like puts it like as if he's like snorting it. Like it's like almost in the nostril. It's like, dude, this is not one of those Vicks sticks. Like yeah. you don't need to shove it into your sinuses. I know, yeah. Um, Katie basically is like, you know, so this is what happened. Katie's like, okay, so this is basically what happened because I feel like it's getting confused and all this stuff. Like, Allie brought this to me about them dancing at the Abbey at 1 a.m. And that she thought it was weird. And I basically brought up, you know, like, telling him, like, how you guys operate. And, like, you know, Ariana's like a homebody. And Ariana's like, yeah, that's true. And, you know, the way that they operate might be unconventional outside looking from other people. Right. And it, and it, but it was never about sex. It was never about you having, like, an open relationship. I never... And, like... Ariana's like she said. Based, she said that you had said that we don't have that we don't have any any rules, and that as long as it doesn't embarrass me. And Katie's like, I never said anything about rules, and I never said anything about embarrassing you. And and Ariana's like, I mean, I I don't know how she got that. Like, and you know, Ariana's like, I mean, 
I think I'm glad we're talking about this. Like, it just feels like if, you know, you know, we're getting into business, obviously I don't want, you know, you like saying negative stuff about me. And like, you know, I know you have your issues with Raquel, but like Raquel is one of my closest friends and I trust her and I trust Tom. Ugh. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating. I'm not saying Ariana needs to apologize to Katie. I think Ariana has, uh, you know, I'm sure Katie do- isn't looking for it because, right. but I'm just, uh, I, I'm sure Ariana watches that back and it's just like, fuck, I should have listened to Katie. And she's like, I understand your issues with Raquel, but like, it, you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to be like, Who's Raquel? I don't know her. And I was, someone had posted a comment about this is kind of deja vu to when Kristen and Ariana had their issues. And Kristen was being very antagonistic. Right. But like Ariana basically told Sheena that on season four, I think, like, because Sheena was bringing Kristen to events right. with them. And she's like, I would appreciate it if you either told me or like didn't do it. And Sheena's just like, but I can't, I can still be friends with somebody, you know, even though you have issues. And Ariana's like, but I feel like your issue, like my issues with her and what the issues are about should inform your position on her to where you wouldn't want to be friends with her. Yeah. And that, I remember you had brought that to, like, and you brought almost, that up at home. It's almost like Ariana's doing the same thing, sort of. But not really, because Kristen was on a two year long campaign to right. ruin their lives. As opposed to Katie going, and like, Katie's not saying don't Katie's be friends not, with Raquel. Not saying don't be friends with Raquel. She's not saying don't bring her around. She's saying, "Hey, my ex husband decided to be an asshole, so I don't fuck with her." Yeah. that's it. That's the end of that. Yeah. So I feel like those are vastly different things. Sure. And Kate, and I don't think it's hypocrisy. I think no. people are quick to be like, "Oh, hypocrisy." I think it's people get put in different positions in life and don't always even think clearly to like, Oh wait, like, you know, let me think right. back seven years ago. Right. I'm a literally every seven years, every cell in your body is different. Yeah. So you were literally a different human being back then. I, you can't expect me to be the same personality either. Right. Like I just, so Kate, Katie basically is cause she, cause Ariana says Raquel's a good friend to her. And Katie's like, I mean, I hope she's a good friend to you. You know, I just find have it hard to believe that Raquel is shitty to some people and a good friend to others. Yeah. This seems like, like, Katie's like, this seems like a person, it's not like she did something I didn't like and I'm mad at her. This feels like a personality issue at this point. And I think she's right. Yeah. It's not a slip. This is her personality. Yeah. This is who she is. She literally does, not, like, Katie told her this would make me sad. And she even said with her words later, I don't care about hurting Katie's feelings. And to me to explicitly say something like that over someone who doesn't, hasn't done anything to you. Well, and it's also one thing if she had said to her face, you know, I don't really care if you don't like this. If I have feelings for someone, I'm going to pursue them. Period. End of story. If she had said that, I would at least have a little bit more respect for Raquel. Right. But she didn't. She lied to Katie's face and said, I would never do that to you. I'm not going to cross that line. You can trust me. And then turn around and did it anyway. Yeah. But, but Ariana and Katie luckily come to a resolution. And Katie's like, I don't believe you are in an open relationship. And Ariana's like, yes, bisexual monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> Different thing. But they come to a resolution, which I was really happy about. And, like, I feel like Sandoval wasn't happy about because I feel like he wanted this. Whole, oh, yeah. Both from the he hates Katie, but also I, I think he wants their sandwich shop to break up. 
Oh, I'm sure he does. So Raquel and James then... Especially sit, now. Yeah. Raquel and James sit down to talk. The, and this conversation, I love that James immediately is like, oh, it's a really cute bag. And Raquel's like, yeah, it was a great present. You bought this for me. And James is like, did I? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, his brain was about 98% Coke back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like Raquel's like, so I feel like I... I, I you know, a lot happened on the beach and James is like checking his hair in his phone, which I thought was a good power move. Like James says some stuff in this conversation that like we said, it's, it's harsh and mean at this point. But, but also, I don't even necessarily think that was this. Like, I don't think James can focus that hard on a conversation. Yeah. But he like, was literally just doing something with his hands. Yeah, but some of the stuff later too, it's like, it's harsh and mean, but it's going against rehearsed. Because now that Lala has said that everything that Raquel says is rehearsed in her brain beforehand, I can't not see it. Oh yeah, everything is a prepared pageant answer. Yeah. And Raquel's like, I was hurt by your comments at the beach and like, you you know, you shouldn't have any regrets in life, basically. And James is like, you know, I used to live my life like that but I feel like I've realized that I need to grow and learn from my past mistakes. <laughs> and Raquel's like, I just feel like sometimes you say things just to want, because you want to hurt me. And James is like, well, you've always felt that way. You've always felt that way. And you know, you know, I, yes, I regret element, you know, you grow and you regret things sometimes. And Raquel's like, I don't regret anything about our relationship. You know, and you shouldn't regret, you know, but clearly you have regrets. And James in his confessional goes, of course I regret Rachella. It was an epic proposal and it was wasted on you. <laughs> <laughs> James then says, James is like, look, I'm glad that you've grown. You've grown into a completely different woman. Not saying that's good or not saying that's bad. I just don't know you anymore. And I think that was a good cutting line. by yeah. James. And he's like, he's like, you've grown and you've done a lot of exploration. <laughs> <laughs> More than you know. Yeah. And Raquel's like, yeah, that's part of life. That's why I do everything in life. And that's why I don't regret anything. And James just goes, cool. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I think someone said it like she's playing the victim to a certain extent. I'm oh, not yeah. saying James wasn't a bad boyfriend. He clearly was. Yeah. But he, after the fact, she's playing victim in this moment. Yeah. She's, why are you having this conversation with James in the, in the first place, by the way? Like, you only want to portray James, hold James to account for the shit in his past. And yes, I, you know, certain, I don't think James is great. But like, I see the motives now of why you're doing it. While you're constantly having those moments with Allie where you're like, well, yep. you'll learn eventually. It's, it's like, it's all setting up the, like, the path in which to make yourself the victim in, in this whole thing. And it's like, I'm not saying necessarily even in this case that you were, weren't the victim in it. But it's to garner sympathy for the shit that you're doing now. Right. That is fucked up. It's all part of, I guarantee you, this is all part of the Sandoval narrative. Mm hmm. So we go to, so Lala and Ariana, this is this scene. So Lala and Ariana start getting their goodie bags together for Christina's stuff. And they start talking, and Ariana's like, Yeah, this summer's really trying to do me in. And then Ariana goes, How have I not faked my own death and just like disappeared? And I immediately said to you, 
That sounds exactly like what Sandoval said at the Howie Mandel interview. It sounds exactly like something that Ariana would actually say. And Sandoval then twisted to make it seem like she said she was going to kill herself and leave the and leave the state. And or leave the state. Because I was like, Ariana doesn't talk like that. This is how Ariana talks. Yeah. And I I, I, I can almost guarantee you that that's what Sandoval did. Yeah. So then they start talking and Lala then brings up the barbecue. And so Lala goes, you know, Tom came up to me and was like, Ariana's really mad at me right now. And Ariana goes, you know, because he couldn't get a ride because Jason left his, his ride. And Lala and then asked like, you know, you know, shouldn't he have just like gone though? And Ariana's like, yeah, but I don't think he knew that he left. And Lala's like, no, he did know. Cause I was standing right there. And immediately Ariana goes, Tom, come over here. She's like, because I'm not going to do this thing where I sit here and defend him to you. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Because I feel like she's, she is starting to, to realize that she's getting caught in the middle between Tom and everybody else. And she's like, fuck this shit. You argue for yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to argue for you. I, I'm not doing this. So Sandoval comes over and Arna goes, so Jason said he was leaving the party. And then you said, no, I'm actually going to stay. And, and Sandoval goes, what? <laughs> and and he goes no jason was like dude i'm dipping out so now dipping out means leaving <laughs> so just so we're clear he goes no jason was like dude i'm dipping out and Ariana goes right and then you chose to stay longer and santa goes i guess i i don't know you don't know what you chose to do and then James then comes into the frame, by the way, and starts listening uh-huh. clearly. Because he, he walks by and then literally steps back and, like, tilts his ear towards the conversation. It's like, bitch, I know when you're sipping tea. You're yeah. over there mopping this up with your little biscuit. And then Ariana goes, you know, I found out my grandma uh, had died while you were there. And you were about, uh, and you knew that about that. And then Jason said, I'm going to leave. And then you said, I'm going to stay. And then Ariana like smiles as if to be like, really bitch, start talking. (laughs) And then Sandoval goes, well, yeah, I kind of figured you wanted to be alone. What? You're not that dumb. You're not that dumb. You kind of figured she wanted to be alone. Why would any human, just in human society, when they lose a grandparent that is so close to them, like in this case, why would they want to be alone from I their mean, partner? Some people need space on their own. Fine. Wonderful. Space and... But she does not have a history of that. And also... You literally, you were there with her when her father died. She wanted you there with her on the anniversary of when her father died. Yeah. She wanted to be with you when Charlotte died. Why would she want to be separate from you when her grandmother died? That doesn't make sense. It's not her track record. Because he doesn't listen. Because he's making shit up as he goes. So, like, um, I saw She Speaks Bravo say this. Ariana has told him across the relationship over and over again what she needs and what she wants when it comes to having sex, when it comes to love, when it comes to those moments. He has told, she has told him that explicitly multiple times over the years. He doesn't fucking listen. 
She's very good at setting boundaries. She's not so good at holding to those boundaries. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and she talks about that a little bit later. She's like, you know, but also like, I figured you wanted to be alone. She's literally calling you. Saying, come the, home. Come home. And she says that. She says, then I was like, why can't you come home? And you said you couldn't get a ride. And then Ariana, her confessional, is saying, like, you know, when my dad passed away, like, 10 years ago, Sandoval essentially, like, leaped up and picked her up and, like, did, you know, you know, was there for me. And we weren't even together at the time. Yeah. And now it kind of feels like maybe he doesn't think I'm as important anymore. But that's the thing. That the key of you weren't together at the time when he did that is the key. Because he wasn't trying to get you. He was trying to use you to get away from Kristen. Well, yes, but like he, it's the pursuit. Right. If Raquel, if someone, God, not saying, but like if someone in Raquel's family had died at this point, he would have gotten up and packed his bags and fucking flown right to her. But give it three years and he won't give it a, a bit of mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and Sandoval just is like, I should have, about like, you know, you coming home and she's like, I should have. I mean, I just figured like, I don't know. There's no like apology. There's no like, sorry, I, sh- I, I did the wrong thing. He, I'm realizing in this moment, he's trying to be Schwartz. Yeah. You know how Schwartz just kind of goes limp when he gets caught in mm. something? He just kind of goes, get that pathetic yeah. limp. He's trying to do that because he's seen that it works for Schwartz. But yeah. That's mm. what he's trying to do. And it's like, it does, you can't wear this suit. Yeah. Schwartz can't wear this suit anymore. And then this, well, yeah. So, and this is the saddest part because then Ariana, like he's, Ariana's caught him. Like it's, yeah. he's floundering at this point. But Ariana is then go, like Ariana then puts on her like defense mechanism essentially. And is like, I mean, Lala was wondering why you didn't leave with Jason. That's why, you know, I'm asking. And Lala's like, I mean, I don't need to know. I'm not in a relationship with him. And Ariana is like, I mean, I was fine with what went down. I wasn't upset about it. Yeah, but you didn't know he was lying to you. Right. But, like, it, that's clearly, like, her basically being, like, putting in the back of her and being, like, I have to just, like, swallow it. I can't, like, you know, be mad at him in this, in this moment. And that's the, I'll say it, it's the abuse of this relationship. It's. And then Lala has such an amazing line. She literally stops Ariana and is, like, you know, I just want you to know, though, like, it's okay to say I wanted you there that day. And yeah. you could, t- I feel like Lala through therapy, through her stuff with Randall, through all this bad stuff, can like she saw Ariana folding in that moment. Yeah. And and shrinking. Yeah. I mean, you can, it's on the screen. You she literally takes a step back. Yeah. And and good on like Lala's a such a good friend. She, and like she's been such a good friend to Ariana. Even when she ha- I mean she had issues with Ariana last season and is yeah. still able to like stick up for her in these moments. Like she's been such a good friend to Katie with the Schwartz stuff. Well, and the, the thing is is that Lala is someone who if she sees something that's not right and not fair, it doesn't matter who you are, yeah, she's gonna fight for you. Yeah. She's she's a woman who supports women. Yeah. <laughs> like famously. Famously. Um, but notice, so this whole time leading up, Sandoval does the whole, like, I don't know, like, sort of like, yeah, I guess, whatever. As soon as Lala says the whole, it's okay for him to, for you to say, I wanted you to be there that day. Sandoval then immediately switches and goes, I and couldn't he, get a fucking car. And he literally, you see his body language change too. Yeah. Like he's square. He was facing the table, like 
like cheating both of them, like, oh, um, but like kind of standing between them. Mm-hmm. And then the second that that happens, he squares his shoulders on Lala and starts screaming. Yeah. I couldn't get a fucking car. You know, and, and like, he's just like, but I couldn't get a fucking car. And Lala's like, Tom, I was standing right there with you and Jason. And, and Sandoval goes, no, I know. Yeah, 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 I know. And then Ariana goes, you said you didn't know Jason had left because you were taking a shit. Yeah. And Sandoval's just like, well, and no- nothing. He has nothing. Yeah, because he went back into pathetic mode. Yeah. And Ariana's like, you realize that you put me in a position with this where people na- will think that I'm a fucking idiot. And he, and even for that, like, even that is Ariana, like, don't, it's almost her, her saying, you don't have to apologize for not leaving, but apologize for lying to a, like, crafting a story now to where you've made me kind of look stupid in this moment. And even then he won't apologize. He literally goes, okay, and shrugs. Uh, And Ariana, Ariana says, like, you know the way I am in, in a relationship, I'm ride or die for Tom, but I look like an idiot when I'm Tom's number one stand and he isn't mine. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's how the episode ends. Oh, it, it, the, the, uh, I, I'm like so infuriated at this. Like the idea, like, I don't know how Sandoval at least, and this moment thought that he could get away with looking squeaky clean in the season. Oh, I, well, I mean, at this point, he he doesn't. I think he's trying to do damage control in the moment. Yeah. And he sees things start to unravel, but he's like, we've only got a couple episodes. I only have to get through a couple, you know, a, a few more days of filming. And then everything's off screen and nobody's going to be talking like this to each other anymore. Yeah. And it's fine. We can start hiding things. And But my, my thing is, like, he tries on, like, to the Howie Mandel podcast, he's like, you know, I yes, I made a mistake cheating on Raquel, but you know my mental health. And he and he Ariana. makes that the excuse or Ariana, yeah. But like he makes the mental health the excuse. How does the mental health explain the lying? How does it explain not going to the funeral? How does it explain like like the just complete manipulation at this point? How does it explain like you being a shitty person to Katie? How does it explain any of these other things? Yeah, it doesn't. That that's the answer. He's a narcissistic asshole. He's a manipulative, abusive piece of shit. And I'm so glad that everyone sees this shit now. Yeah. Next week is what was, what was supposed to be the finale. Right. It's the, something about her, like got the space party or something. And Oh, Raquel's already pissing me off in the preview. We won't go into detail, but like, but reminder that when Lala was on watch what happens live, I think that that what was in the clip is what they were talking about of how could she say that to her? Yeah. It's, it's evil. It's really fucking evil. And then after that, we then get the actual finale with all of the new footage post scandal, post scandal. And like we mentioned the trailer before it is chilling like Kristen Doty going full Mr. Burns hands. <laughs> it was so good. So perfect. Um, yeah, that should, that should be exciting. And then the reunion is shortly after that. So like Vanderpump rules is amazing right now. If you're not watching watch, they had their highest ratings this episode at like 1.4 million. Like they're killing it right now. Yeah. Rightfully so. Like it's some of the best stuff on TV. 
love love it love it love it love it and hate it hate it hate it at the same time yeah all righty we are now into the tops and bottoms for this week we've got uh jersey we've got survivor we've got oh vanderpump uh, what are you what are you thinking babe tops and bottoms my uh top for this week i'm actually gonna give it to dolores over on jersey i really love the the lunch with frank i thought it was such a good like sort of like dolores is such a really well-rounded character that i think a lot of people don't always give her the most yeah. credit for like her background what it what her background informs her like i think I thought she handled the thing with Frank really well. I thought it was really conducive and like interesting to see her perspective on certain things. And I like the way also she maneuvers in the group too. Like the way she's able to sort people were like, Oh, she's Switzerland. But I think you need somebody to like sort of see different people's side in different moments. I, I really think Dolores is a great asset that, like I said, doesn't get enough appreciation sometimes from the fan base. Um, so my top will go to her. My bottom, I mean, how can I not give my bottom to the man who, like, is completely lying about going, not going, why he's not going to his girlfriend's oh, yeah. grandmother's funeral? Like, that's like, like, it's Sandoval. Like, you know, like, there's something so disgusting about his lies and his, like, the narcissism, like we mentioned, but also the misogyny uh-huh. and, like, how those are underpinning it also is just, like, so cringy and disgusting and, like, is... He, I don't see a bigger villain on Bravo this year, yeah, or in a while since him, yeah. I, I, I really don't see it. Um, so yeah, my bottom will go to him. What do you think, babe? Um, my top is going to go to, um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it around again. Do my bottom first. My bottom's gonna go to Raquel, just because it's. Like, all the shit that Sandoval is doing is awful, but it's so overt, it kind of, it's, to me, less disgusting than this buddy-buddy thing that Raquel's doing with Mm -hmm. Ariana. It's so insidious. It is, it, it literally turns my stomach because this is someone who is chumming up right up underneath ariana right right and like gaining every bit of her trust like sandoval we like the we know what he is even though like some of it has been veiled for a while but like ariana already knows this guy's not the best person ever yeah right um but raquel is just coming in here and like like there's a um there's a saying that you can't get stabbed in the back by someone you don't trust enough to turn mm, your back to yeah and that's what this is it's it's so disgusting and it's so like i and she's in it like not just to Ariana Ariana I mean is the worst person she's offended in this whole thing but like to Sh- I would say she's done it to Sheena to a certain extent as yeah. well. Like looking back, I'm like, I understand why Sheena allegedly might have punched her in the face. Like, yeah, she looks like an Sheena looks like an idiot this season because of what Raquel and oh, yeah. and Sandoval have done to her. Yeah, one hundred percent. She used Sheena as a as a shield, and then used that as cover so that she could do what she did to Arya. And it's just 
it as someone who values my friendships mm-hmm. so much this like this is so violating it's so like i've said it disgusting and insidious and gross and honestly like as entertaining i i wish that we could have the solace of knowing that this was a scripted show yeah. and that it was all fake and like like then i could just like let go of all of that and just enjoy the drama on the screen but knowing that these are real people and knowing that this like machiavellian like uh sinister bullshit is happening over here and literally hurting a genuinely good person like ariana it sickens me it sucks it really sucks like yeah so on to the positive because <laughs> i did not want to end on that because yeah. it's so gross is my positive my my top for the week is lala oh, because yeah. she's she came in here like fucking like inspector gadget uh <laughs> like uh sherlock holmes connecting all the dots i expected her to pull out a whiteboard and start like drawing diagrams on how things connected and like with or like a cork board and the red string, like what's that show that that famous or that like, like Criminal Minds or something? No, or like, there's like a it's like a maybe it's Arrested Development or something. Oh, where he where it's like the guy's a conspiracy theorist that he's like going crazy, but he's got like a cork board of all this stuff and red string like mm-hmm. connecting the dots and all of this link. Like I almost expected like a uh, a thing like that in the confessionals <laughs> where we could get like all of these dots connecting things and like it's just impressive how she was able to inside of it because it's really easy from our perspective yeah. back here behind the screen knowing everything now knowing everything now to really pin everything together but she's doing it in the moment with no notes no twitter threads to kind of pull things together she's doing it just with her brain yeah and that's that's fucking impressive and then the way that she stood up for ariana at christina's party like good on you that bitch is a ride or die and she is someone that anyone would be lucky to have as a friend fucking lala can't man give it up to her Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.